modern day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It's Tuesday, September 6th. Scott. Damn it. It feels weird. I don't think I could have been any more clear for the last eight months. Is it my fault? You tell me if I'm wrong. I I, I thought I did a good enough job, a job of laying out exactly what was at stake, exactly what could not happen. And here we are, three days after the game, a day after Labor Day. And Scott, you made it weird, pal. You made it, you may not have even made it weird. Weird was like losing the game, which is what we talked about since January. All this positive momentum, all the recruiting, all the we're going to be better, the nice transfer landing, Malik coming back, the, you know, some of the biggest players from last year's team just being a couple of plays away from a good season in 2021 and 2020, all that stuff. It could not continue if you lost to bleeping Syracuse. What I was not prepared for to come in and do the show was reacting to a blowout loss to Syracuse. I thought if we were going to lose to Syracuse, it was 10 points or less. And even that was going to be outraged because, as we've said a million times, if you can't beat Syracuse on the schedule, besides USF and James Madison, who are you supposed to be beating? And yet here we are. Pal, you made it super awkward. And if this continues, guess what? The only good news about this being like a 2018-ish season, which is exactly the way that we looked on Saturday night, which was exactly, we're going to talk about this later, the way that the press conference sounded today, the good news about that would be it wouldn't be weird anymore because it would be a no-brainer. You cannot keep this staff if they cannot beat anybody on their schedule with the players that they have on this year's roster. I don't care if you're bringing in Bo Jackson reincarnated. Uh, not R.I.P. Bo. Love you. Glad you're, glad you're still kicking. Uh, but <laughs> Is he dead? <laughs> his football self reincarnated. <laughs> he has a new hip. His hip has been reincarnated. With a full working functional hip. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A full class of hip full Bo Jackson. I don't care if you're bringing that in. We cannot keep you around. So we're going to talk about this. We're here until 6 o'clock today. Is that correct? No, no, no. Yeah, we're here. Thank God, because no. I, was, I was going no, to say. No, we're getting three hours of venting here. I might give you five more minutes of it, and then I'm the rest of the way. This is the day. I mean, this is the day. And I know the text line's already been blowing up. People have been waiting for this show for, for two days now. It's here. And this is the day we're going to react a little bit to the press conference. We're going to spend the first part of the show uh, on the game specifically. But if you have thoughts that you've been holding in since Saturday night, I know I have, and I think everybody listening has, it's time to let them out. It, it is okay to be mad. Let me start off with, with on that note. It is okay to be pissed off right now. It is very okay to be pissed off right now. Because we have been sold the same thing now for two years straight. And some of us weren't buying it at the end of last year. I think this show, we were pretty good. I think, I think Trevor and I both, we used, we used the phrase, we'd love to be proven wrong 
more times than any two radio show hosts. And we're probably going to use it again today because it's, it's game one of the season. But my God, it just feels like this is not working out. I can start right there with the, with the main point, which is it just feels like this is not working out. It has felt like an awkward fit for some time. Then the the unthinkable happened during the offseason, which is Louisville landing like a top 15 recruiting class, including the number one running back in America, the number three wide receiver in America, one of the top 15 quarterbacks in America, all these kids from all over the country saying, I want to go play football at Louisville. Didn't think that was possible. Had everybody sold in, bought in on this staff and maybe a brighter future down the line. I wrote about this on Friday. A special season, a special program is still the goal for Louisville football, or at least it should be. I'm not willing to settle for, hey, 7-5 and five is the new normal. Hey, 8-4 and four is the, the high bar for this program. It shouldn't be because we've seen that it, it can be much more in the last two decades. If special is still the goal, you have one of two options. The first is catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe a couple of five-star recruits in your backyard, like a Brian Brahm and Michael Bush. You have the right coaching staff, a young group of guys that maybe aren't seasoned enough to take a job at an SEC powerhouse or something like that and that you know come together at the perfect time you have a, a host of three-star prospects that wind up turning into NFL caliber players we've seen that a number of times at Louisville and that's been the formula for Louisville's best teams over the years 04 06 even the 2012-2013 teams I know you had some big-time recruits in those classes but by and large the guys that we had who led those teams outside of Bridgewater even Lamar Jackson wasn't the highest rated quarterback in his class were guys that were just better than the recruiting experts thought they were going to be the other route is you start beating the big guys for some of these top recruits. It's the way that Kentucky's gone the la- under Mark Stoops. All of a sudden, they're getting top 25 recruiting classes three, four, five years down the line. They're reaping the benefits of that. They're winning games at a level that they haven't before. It felt like we were trying to go with option B, and it still does. For the first time in our program's history, we're bringing in the types of players. We're beating Bama for some recruits. We're beating the Texas schools for kids out of Texas. This was un- unthinkable. That's a route to be special. But there's no chance of being special if you have a coaching staff that can't win at least seven or eight games with the roster that they have right now. And let's say that right off the bat, too. This roster is, is good enough to be within 24 points of bleeping Syracuse. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say bleeping Syracuse every time I mention them throughout the show. If they can't get it done this year, 11 games left now, if they can't take this team to at least seven wins, even six, what reason do we have to believe that they're going to be able to do anything special with this recruiting class that's coming in and with future recruiting classes that may follow them? Because that the goal with Pierce Clarkson, Ruben Owens, DeAndre Moore, Madden Sanker, these guys, it shouldn't be just to win eight, nine games, right? It should be competing with the best teams in the ACC. It should, it should be competing to finally get into that conference championship game, being better than Clemson, being better than an upstart Florida State, not being 24 points worse than bleeping Syracuse. Like that, being bringing the rivalry back to the right side against Kentucky. All of those things should happen if you're bringing in this level of player starting with the 2023 class. And as of right now, I've got zero faith in this coaching staff's ability to make that happen. They can prove me wrong. Would love to be proven wrong. There's, there's, there's one. That's the first time we've said it at the show. It's going to keep happening. The reality is this is a head coach who now has a losing overall record and just got blown out by the team picked to finish last in his division in the first game of his fourth season. Fourth season. This is year four. And the rewriting of the, of what Louisville fans should and should not expect, I don't care how low the... We've been in much lower states. We've been a CUSA member. We've been an independent member. And not one of those, like, Notre Dame, we're cool independents because we have a great TV contract. We were not independent by choice back in the day. Even in those years, 
if you had a head coach who had a losing overall record and was getting into his fourth season and not showing signs of improvement, the fan base was saying, we're better than this. And now being a program that has had multiple top 10 finishes in the last two decades, five top 15 finishes in the last two decades, a Heisman Trophy winner, flirting with the playoff, three quote-unquote BCS Bowl victories, to sit here and say, well, this is, we've got to put up with this. No. 21, 24 points against Syracuse after all the buildup of this offseason is simply not good enough. And then to come out and just say, it's not even the final score. It's the way it looked. The way it looked was so reminiscent of Ole Miss last year. And at least with Ole Miss, you can say that's a top 25 caliber team. And you can do the thing that we did last year in this week, which was, you know, they actually looked like they could be college football playoff good. They weren't. We just looked that bad. But to come out and have the same, they look bigger, faster, stronger, and honestly more motivated than we do against Syracuse, a team that you have owned through better or worse since you joined the ACC, is completely unforgivable. And it, it it's not just unforgivable, it, it's unfathomable. Like, how do you, how are you not more fired up? You, every player on that team knows the way they ended the last season. Blown out by Kentucky, all those games left on the table in the ACC that they should have won. Losing to Air Force in a bowl game where you, I mean, your, your defense got embarrassed by a team that could not throw the ball and then suddenly could against you. To have that right there in your mind, to have that recency effect of that being the lasting memory of the 2021 season, and then to come out and to use your own players and your own coaches' words, not match the energy of bleeping Syracuse in week one. You Everything's on the table in week one. You can be the best team in the world in, in week one. You could go 12-0 and 0 in week one. And to not come out and try to start that season with a victory and to have them look like the hungrier team, a team that's picked to finish last in the Atlantic Division and is by all accounts the 12th or 13th best team in your conference is just unthinkable. I don't know where you go from here. We're going to talk about UCF as the week goes on. This was this was absolute worst case scenario. It was so bad that it wasn't. I didn't even think it was on the table. I thought losing to Syracuse was very much on the table. I didn't want to believe it could happen because if you can't beat Syracuse, who can you beat in this conference? I certainly did not think scoring seven points against Syracuse was on the table. Even the 2018 team, the only team that had lost to Syracuse in the ACC era, and we reeled off all the scores last last uh, week, scored 23 points against that Syracuse team. Seven points with Malik Cunningham back the improved running backs, the best offensive line we're supposed to have had in several years back, and then giving up 31 to Garrett Schrader, making him pro football focus his highest graded out quarterback in all of college football for week one. How does that happen? How does this happen? How are we here? I just don't understand how this is possible, and it's an Occam's Razor type deal where the simplest answer is probably the right answer. And the simplest answer right now is this staff just isn't it. The players look, nobody was celebrating. Nobody was motivated. I, I, I know there have been people, UFL fans that have pointed this out on social media the last few days. Go back and watch any highlight from the game. Big tackle made, nobody's congratulating that dude. Big play on offense, nobody's coming over. Nobody looked like they cared for four quarters. It looked like the first half of the Ole Miss game last year. And it was against Syracuse. Like at least last year, we could write off SEC opponent, neutral field, not a whole. You know, maybe there's just some weird offseason stuff with COVID. There are no excuses for what we saw on Monday or on Saturday. And I, I just don't get it. I, I, how are you not more ready to play if you go out there and you just get beat because Sean Tucker is that dude and their defense was better than you thought they were going to be, and you just you know, 
you just didn't play your game. That's one thing. To go out there and to look inferior to like the tenth best, ninth best team on your schedule, presumably, in every facet of the game, and to look like you cared less is something that is beyond me. And we, I mean, they showed all those hype videos. They were more fired up for that damn cornhole tournament that they had at the the Trigger Center than they were at any portion of, of Saturday night's game. Like this is all, you know, this it's it's culture. It's team building. We're going nuts for cornhole games against the coaching staff. We're going nuts for barbecues and for pool parties. Like this is a, it's all team thing. And then they go out there and they look like they don't care about each other. They look like they could not have cared less about that. And maybe that's just it's not who they are. We're going to see a different team on Friday. I'm I'm tired of hoping, man. I'm tired of hoping that the product that we see on the field and the simplest answers aren't the real ones. Because at some point, it you can bring up the recruits, you can bring up the culture, you can bring up what Petrino did and didn't leave him with. At some point, the guy's got to win football games. And he's not. Long and short. Trev? Can I take Occam's razor to my wrist? <laughs> the real razor? Because I could use the right of uh, Here's the thing. We've had nine months to improve since the Air Force game, and we did. We do play the exact same. We, we look played, exactly the same. We looked the same we did nine months ago. I mean, we looked the same way we did against Kentucky. We, 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 I'm assuming. I'm assuming Garrett Trader's now like in the first round projected draft picks. That's what we do. We make six five Gooby White dudes top first round picks. Glass will love us. I mean, it, it's 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 sad. Cunningham sucks. We we've agreed to we we I don't know how we haven't accepted that. that our offense right now is built around. He sucked. I'm I'm not willing to say he sucks. No, let's no. He that's t- too no. Much. You can no. You can pad your stats against Dukes and your James Madisons, and then you know make it look like you had a solid season. But when it all comes down to it, it really matters. And you're playing competition that is decent. He's not any good. The, the offense is built around him being able to hit deep balls and running the ball. You know, three three runs and a deep ball. And you can't do that when your quarterback can't throw a deep ball. I mean, the, the offense was just sti- – every time it tried to make any kind of move, Cunningham turned the ball over. They are terrible. I mean, the throw, the, the, the bomb that it should have been to the, the Miami transfer was just ridiculous. The guy's open for five seconds. Then he throws it by the time he gets there. You got two defenders there, and it's picked off in the end zone. You had, you had, you had, you're pulling out trick plays in the second quarter with six minutes to play to get the ball down into the red zone, and then you can't put the ball in the end zone. That's when I got concerned. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. It reminded when me of Florida. When you pull out a trick play when in, we the ran sec- a, in six minutes to play in the second quarter, you are showing desperation. When we ran a wide receiver pass in the first half of a game against Syracuse, I thought, cool, and then I thought, no. oh, no. Oh, no. No. That's- it felt like the the old Schellenberger quote was like when I knew when they busted out the GD fumble ruski that we yes. had him. It felt desperate. That's and that's what it was. And the worst part about it was you get it down to the five, and you still can't get in. It's the same red zone play calling you we saw last. Still time. can't get in. And and how do you not get in on a fourth down? The running back who walks into the end zone doesn't have the ball because Malik doesn't know the read. He could have done on both times where they ran that read option. If Malik just gives the ball to Ty and Evans, he scores Listen, easily. I'm, I'm and sure, it felt like he was hunting stats. I'm sure I'll say a, it. I'm sure it he's did. a nice kid, and he's not. He's not a horrible quarterback. But if you want to be a he want, you want Lee Cunningham to be your winning quarterback, starting quarterback, you need to go to the MAC, Or you need to go to a, a lower conference. He's not in the ACC. It, it's just not going to happen. If he's your starting quarterback in the ACC, you're a 4-5 win team. And the offense is built in, and this offense is just not that explosive to where you can do that, mixed with the fact that your defense is just utterly putrid. God. 
I mean, what completely putrid. You you got zero pressure. I almost I swear there was one point where I they, they, they showed Dino Babers on the other line on the other side. And it was it reminded me of the water boy scene when the guy's reading the book. He's like, How are they like they're in the huddle? He's reading Idiot's Guide to Offense or the defense, at least in this case. The, every time he blitzed, they knew they had screens called up, including one that went 60 yards for a touchdown. You you got the defensive line just is did look just lethargic. I, I might as well been out there. We were right there on that screen too, and Monty Montgomery just missed the tackle, which well, was another thing. Even the, when we were in the right spot, we the, couldn't make plays. Missed tackles is just I mean, fifteen missed tackles, third most of any team in the country on opening weekend. The defense just, just is looks poorly coached. It I mean, bad angles, bad tackling, bad play con. I mean, the defense looked lost. It it, it was bad, and the thing is, as sad as it. And the offense didn't help, obviously. It's just it was a bad game all around. I said on Friday, you know, I think you you and Keepo kind of looked at me weird when I was like, Syracuse could have a lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, I, I, and you all were like, no, I didn't want to believe it. And I was like, you know what? I think they may have a lead in the fourth quarter. I didn't think they'd lead the entire freaking game. I thought I could. I had a bad feeling that this could have been a closer game, and they would even have the lead in the fourth quarter. But I had clearly false hope, drug induced hope. I don't know what the hell hope it is. But I need a new hope now because at the time it was that Louisville maybe in a close game, possible trailing in the fourth quarter, but would pull it out because they should be a better team. But the, the, clearly they're not. And, and I don't, and, and I feel bad for your boy Evans because he, he's, he's, he looked good. He's good. And he's going to get, he's going to have some decent stats. And, and when Louisville's able to get the running game going and then hit, and then get you coming up on the line, they did, you saw that they had opportunities against Syracuse to do it. Yeah. And what happened? You had bad throws, bad decisions. Multiple times I'm watching a game, and I, I'm, I can't even see all the way down the field. And I can see a guy coming across the middle is open. Malik's holding the ball all too long. I think also we realized that our fears about the wide receivers were, were fair. Somewhat. He locked into Tyler Hudson on every play. Yes. And nobody else could get over. And the long ball, was it thrown late? Yes. But D. Wiggins... Any good wide receiver is going to go up there and at least get his hands on the ball. He made a half-hearted effort, didn't make a play. Like the 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 talk from fall camp, which was I don't know about these receivers. Or even on the first drive when they went true. to the bootleg play action, you had you had uh, Harold. Um, uh, not Harold. Not Harold. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, whatever his name is, I don't care. He made me learn it yet. Uh, going across the middle, Emily Malik stalls doesn't do it by the time he scrambles, and you get you don't get nothing out of it. I mean, he just—he was bad. There's no other way to say it. He this was maybe the worst game that Malik Cunningham has played at Louisville, and it comes in the first game of well, his last. Season I don't know in if college. it was the worst. His entire 21 season was pretty bad in general. But, but statistically, like those, uh, we lost a lot of games by wide margins because of the defense that year. This was seven points by the offense. This this is a. The my big problem was what you said right off the bat, which was we looked exactly the same. Yeah. As we did last year. On the field, mentally, physically. And, and before Malik just gets like totally upset at me, I'm not saying, listen, we could have, he could have, uh, yeah, well, yeah, he's fine. sure he's only in game film because that's obvious the way he plays. Uh, even if he doesn't, if he plays a, ha- a half of a better game than he did, we still lose. We still probably lose. I mean, it's not, the only difference is that we lose 31, probably 24, opposed to 31 7. I'll give you, so Malik, it's not all 100% your fault, but. <laughs> You're kind of the reason we got blown out because we didn't score with them. Yeah, I mean, the defense is still giving up the points, even though one of their touchdowns has come on a short field off his fumble. Yeah, Malik was was bad. There's no other way to slice it. The offensive line was not good. The receivers, I don't think, were good. Besides Hudson, 
Um, did Marshawn Ford play? I don't. That he was had the weird one thing. catch. I don't know why he's changed number five, but he had one catch in the first half, and I didn't see him after that. The weirdest thing about this game was all the guys that we had coming back that were supposed to be key contributors that we've seen play well before were some of the guys who played worse, like, like the, the worst. Our linebackers were bad. Monty Montgomery was bad. Yeah. Momo Sonogo, outside of one good play on one of those goal line stands where Syracuse ended up scoring anyway, was Sort of invisible. Well, the line, the defensive line absolutely was was not. They didn't. Re- no. Besides Ashton Gelada, who I thought played well, he had the big sack uh, on a third down, which was nice to see. The, the secondary didn't look improved at all. The offensive line, again, was was bad. Like besides Tyon Evans and I guess Tyler Hudson, there were no bright spots in this game. Even though Hudson did get that false start in first drive, which he did, which was bad. Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, that was the first drive. I'll give. I mean, that's again. That's another thing. That's an example of just shooting ourselves in the foot. Anytime we could try to get any offensive moment. Now, I'm, I'm sticking with the offense here because I've given up completely on the defense. I, I mean, I'm, I just and, – and the thing is, I think we do have some talent. I'm, I'm, it's You can't have you, – you got to have better coaching. And Brian, he's just a walking buffoon. We just look the same. It's all of the, today. I mean, all of the bad parts of the last couple of years were on full display last uh, on Saturday night. And it was like, how long has this game been known as the first game of the year? Probably, like, what, four months is when the schedule came out. And I think even before then, we could you could use deduction to realize that we were going to play Syracuse in week yeah, one. Yeah, because you knew it was in the end. It was like, you know, you have a conference opponent to start the season. And it was like Syracuse went back and looked at all these, the last three years of tape under Scott Satterfield and said, you know, they're probably going to change some stuff up. <laughs> but we're going to be prepared for all this. We're You know, we've got four months to get ready for this game. It's not going to be like, let, let's look at all the, their, their sort of, what they do on this down in, in distance, what they do here, all their sort of the, their, their nuances, we're going to try to be prepared for that. And if they throw some new stuff at them, at us, tip your cap. And we threw nothing new at them. We th- the offense was exactly the same. The play calling was exactly the same. The, set, the, the scheme, exactly the same. Defensively, we looked exactly the same. We're playing way, we're going to press up on, on coverage more this year. No, we're not. We're going to play 15 yards off you on second and 25 and give you uh, 24 yards. There was one where the slot was being – would end up being a man-to-man with the linebacker, and I can't remember which linebacker was. He was like 12 yards away from when the ball was snapped. It was it was every down it felt like. And I just – you could just see him just sprinting towards the, 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 the slot receiver. I'm like – We are never the ones defensively who initiate contact. We wait for you to come to us. Our blitz are all so the predictable. Time. It, was, the, it was clearly when we were doing it. I mean – All of the complaints that we've had. For the last two years, where we've had back-to-back losing seasons for the first time since Steve Cragthorpe's last two years, all of them were on full display again. And there were some new ones, too. And then none of the positive stuff was around. The red zone play calling sucked. Using timeouts when you didn't need to use timeouts, right there again, full display. Could have used them. End of half clock management. Sucked. Running the ball on obvious passing downs for reasons unbeknownst to anybody. Back. Not pressing on third and, and obvious passing downs. Boom. Right in your face. Giving the quarterback way too much time to pick you apart. Done. Not letting their best player get the ball in space. Happens every time. Sean Tucker could do whatever he wanted to against us. Not matching the opponent's intensity. By your own words, something that happened. Full display again. Why are we supposed to just be okay with this? It's one thing to go out there, to play your ass off, to have an innovative scheme, to do everything that you can possibly do to play clean football and just get beat. We got destroyed by a team that committed the second most penalties of any opponent in the history of Louisville football. How many? They, they, did they have 12 penalties? 18. 18 penalties. <laughs> 18. We lost by 24 points to a team that committed 18 penalties. You know what that feels like? You know, remember when you watched the U, the 30 for 30, and they talk about beating Texas? Yeah. That, that's, what, that's what happened to us. We're Texas. 
We had everything except for Garrett Schrader doing a, a, a six-gun salute to us in the end zone. They're just putting their false starts right in our face. I mean, pretty much. Just doing it on purpose. Basically, yeah. Just running in, run, rubbing it in. We had, according to Kelly Dickey, and I love Kelly Dickey stats, it was the most penalties ever committed by a team where the other team, which would be us in this case, didn't get a first down off of any of those penalties. Like, no holding, no pass interference. It was all just false starts and all sides. Like, we got, we got zero first downs out of their 18 penalties. I don't know. I mean, you're putting them in first and 15. You put us in first and 15. I've almost tapped out on our possession. You put them in first and 15. It's like, yeah, they'll get it back. 18 next play. Because yeah. we're not going to rush. We're yeah. going to let them go throw right over the oh, middle. Oh, sure. Back to just never. Did we have any sacks in the game? Maybe one. Gelada had the one. Because for the most time, he just sat back there with his hand, one hand on the football and the other up his butt and in no time. Just, just, just killing time. Doing a Rubik's Cube. Do whatever you wanted to. Yeah. The entire game. Garrett Schrader. When we did when we did blitz, the middle was usually wide open. He just ran right through there. And I uh, no, look, no, look, no I came here and said, and we didn't do a great job of keeping him up. We didn't do a great job of anything defensively, but we didn't do no. a great job of keeping him in the pocket. He, he killed us with his legs a little bit too. But I said, if you force him to stay in the pocket and he just beats you with his with his arm, then you tip your cap because that was something that he was completely incapable of doing last year in the game. It was something that he's been he's looked mostly incapable of doing throughout his college career, whether it was Mississippi State or here, and. When he, we did force him to stay in the pocket, he still beat us with his arm. So I tip my cap to Garrett Trader. He played <laughs> what do you well. Expect? I've never, I can't understand how someone can have so long to sit in the pocket because you're only rushing three guys, yet the receiver's still that wide open. And they were dropping wide open passes like at the time, too. It seems almost they illogical. Tried, they tried to keep us in the game in the third quarter. It's like skinny and that's like skinny fat guy. I mean, you know, there's two things that don't go together. There's no. They had every opportunity to put us oh, away yeah. in the third quarter. They had dropped passes on, like, third and long where they could have had first downs they had you know they, they, they penalties piled up that kept our drives going and we just refused to seize any sort of momentum i've never seen anything like it i want i want to by the way uh, apologize to mikhail jones uh clearly you're eight years at syracuse there you, you you've taken advantage of the good education you've received there because he you wins were, you he are, won you were smarter than i am you were right i was wrong you were you're bright i'm stupid yeah, you know, you're you're he handsome, was, I'm ugly. I mean it was, He was named A C linebacker of the week uh, today, which once again playing Louisville, your easiest path to a conference player of the of the week <laughs> award for the third straight year. Tell me, was the conference player of the week on offense and even both Syracuse? Uh, t- well, now they do this thing where it's like the they give like 15 awards, like running back of the week, quarterback of the week. Uh, oh, Sean that's T- stupid, by the way. It is stupid. <laughs> Sean Tucker won running back of the week. Mikel Jones was linebacker of the week. Um, Australia didn't get quarterback of the week? No, I don't know who did. Oh, robbed. I mean, I think the Miami kid threw for like 16 touchdown passes because they scored 70 points. Maybe he got it. Um, <laughs> Can't wait to, we, we don't play them this year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Mikel Jones, you know, Keith and I talked about it a little bit on, on Friday, and I said – I don't think this is what was happening at the media day stuff because it wasn't just the quote that was out there. It was you know, Malik Cunningham told the story about how he he and the rest of the Syracuse players had this big energy the entire time, and you know, Mikael Jones went over to him at the end, and like was like, "See you week one" or something like that, and like was you know talking trash basically the entire time there. Hmm. And I don't know if he was savvy enough to go back and look at how Malik has played when somebody's gotten under his skin a little bit and seen like you, you can rattle this guy. And maybe said, this is the way that we can beat him. He's killed us the last three years. They put up gigantic numbers. This is, you know, maybe this is what we do. It, even if that wasn't, it worked. Because Malik looked like he was trying to do too much from the first series of the game on. And he never got, and, and Jones was one of the key guys out there who was all over the place. Uh, Mikel Jones got tossed out of last year's game early on for a targeting call. He was tremendous. I mean, he was 
again, like, you know, we ripped on him for the quote. We said, how can you say this after being a part of a team that's lost by a combined, you know, million points the last three years? He wins. He won. He backed it up. No, he Props knew. to him. He saw the game film. He knew it was a mirage, and he knew it was true. I mean, I don't know what to say. Uh, we'll, we'll, I guess this is a perfect time to take a break. We'll take a break. Thornton Sex line, by the way, is 502-414-1450. I've just glanced at it now. There's like 65 uh, messages. So, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, Again, this is the day. Get them all out. We're going to try to read as many as I'm, we can today. I'm not even excited for Central Florida right now. Nobody is. Nobody is. We're going to talk about that a little bit later because I don't think that – this isn't like last year where I think you can make up for this with a big-time win. If you beat UCF, if we come out and we play like a house of fire and we look like we have all this great energy and this great offensive scheme and the defense is playing great, don't get me wrong. I want that to happen. I want to win. But I'm going to be even more pissed off about this. Like, why didn't you do this against Syracuse? No, I'm just not going to fall for it because I know it's just going to be uh, again. It's just going to oh, be I a one-time fall. thing. I'll be happy that they won, yeah. but I'm not. I'm not going to have any grandiose expectations for the rest of the season because they because I we've done this song and dance before. Yeah, we get one lunky haymaker and against somebody that's great. And then guess what? The rest of the rounds we're getting our butt kicked. I will take a break. We'll come back. We'll read some of these texts uh, during the next segment, and then we will get to in the second hour. We'll talk a little bit about the press conferences today. Brian Brown, Lance no. Taylor, and Scott Satterfield. Did not do much to alleviate the fears of the Cardinal fan base. We'll play some clips. We'll talk about that. Uh, again, it's the date event. Oh my God, Scott. We told you. We told you to be a good boy. We told you this is the one thing you couldn't do. I mean, you didn't stutter. You didn't pause. You didn't, I mean, was there a breakup in the internet? I mean, I, I, you couldn't have made it more clear. I feel like we're parents just t- telling ourselves we did all we could. We did, nobody could have. We couldn't have done more. No. We, we put them in the best schools. Yeah. We let him know with a stern, but not too stern, hand what he did wrong. We let him know the ramifications of something that was going to happen if if he didn't get the job done. And here, still, we ended up here. Yeah, still, our kids in rehab and then some on the pole. <laughs> All of those things. We'll go to break. We'll come back. We'll read some texts. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a somber Tuesday here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Hey, remember when you tried to As we die, both Scott and I Put in my hands, I see Scott cry Don't speak oh. He's holding an orange in this video too <laughs> It's perfect Welcome back in, Mike Rutherford Show. Reminding you uh, again, though, we are coming to you now from the newly named University of Louisville College of Business Studios. The University of Louisville College of Business, they're offering a wide variety of degree programs to help you accelerate your success and achieve your professional goals. Find out more by going to business.louisville.edu today. Uh, we love the L College of Business. They're going to take you places that the, you know, the football team's not, apparently. Um, College of Business, good. Football team, not as good. <laughs> One will leave you satisfied, the other won't. <laughs> we also, I mean, as if nothing else, I was going to say nothing good happened this weekend, but it was Virginia's birthday yesterday. She, we had a great birthday. That was good. She's, she's two or three. She's three. She's turned okay. three. So you're past the terrible twos now. Yeah, but three, I think, is three. Three is the new two. <laughs> three is the new two. <laughs> three is what all the parents are saying. <laughs> does three have a, uh, 
Does that have a stigma to it? <laughs> I think that's why people go with terrible twos because it just sounds better to say. It does. Yeah. Three has been, I think three is the new ba- bad one, at least according to my friends that have been through it. And she's, yeah, we'll see. Two, she was okay with. A little bit of an attitude, but more spunk than well, just that. You know what? Cheer me up for me. So, how was the birthday party? Did you get a greater uh, ice cream cart this time? We didn't because we had to postpone. We're supposed to have a party with like the whole family this weekend. Yeah. Mary's parents, unfortunately, got COVID. COVID once again disrupting a Virginia birthday <laughs> Poor party. Virginia's birthday. I know. Did you guys ever have a COVID free party? I mean, hell, that's what we're all wondering. <laughs> I mean, every year something happens with her. Okay. I know. So we're going to do that next weekend now, just with like just the families. But we had just with us yesterday. Wait, wait, wait a minute. How are we going to go to the Detroit Lions and Eagles game on Sunday then? I got bad news for you. <laughs> yeah, I got the rental. C- I got tickets. I got a hotel. <laughs> what did I do? Wait, wait a minute. It's the Duke and concert all over again. <laughs> so we just did. We just that. Uh, yeah. Were you ever going to tell me? <laughs> We got her toys. She was excited about. It. She yeah. had presents to open. We got a, like a little cake from Kroger to have, like, to be able to sing happy birthday to. And that's all she cares about. I mean, yeah, you don't. I mean, yeah, she's three. People, some I never understood like people like go all out sometimes with the kids because they're not going to remember. No, she had fun. Yeah, she had a blast. You could get a Kroger cake. Do you go ice cream cake, cookie cake? Just regular. One was like little Kroger confetti cake. Like, she likes sprinkles, so just having a white cake with with sprinkles on it. She was all about. She picked the icing off. She had cookies. She was great. Of course, they always picked the icing up. And what, so, what, what was the gifts? What was the any Peppa the Pigs? Uh, she has some Peppa the Peppa Pig stuff. She's big into the show, and there's like five people listening who may know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's like a South Korean show that they dubbed over for English. One of those called Tayo the Little Bus. So she's all about Tayo. So I had to order these toys that are like from <laughs> South Korea. They cost 15 <laughs> times more than they would if they were made in America. But she's she it was worth it because she loved it. She's obsessed with it. She's playing with it. Jimmy Chimpo or <laughs> pretty kind of the same thing. <laughs> it's like yeah, we. Listen some tile music on the way to school every day it's like i am the fire truck champion and i'm like what is this what are we doing but what she youtube hell did you find she that loves it so i can't <laughs> complain so she, we had a good birthday there but i was going to say outside of that rough weekend kind of all the way around for U of athletics i mean our our the volleyball team we're the volleyball radio show they yeah. get beat by ohio state uh they end there they had lost well, they cheated they did they hadn't lost a regular season match since all the way back in 2020. Their only loss last year was in the Final Four. They fall from number three to number five in this week's coaches poll. Uh, women's soccer had a scoreless draw with James Madison. Men's soccer, by the way, taking on UK tonight, 7.30 in Lexington. If you can make it down to Lexington, uh, show out, wear red, support the cards. If you can't, it'll be on ESPN Plus tonight. Cards have lost two in a row to UK. Let's get this thing going. Uh, this is, it's the first game between the two rivals of, of the athletic season. Let's start off with the win. Let's get it done, John Michael Hayden. We love you, too, because you've been on the show. Um, we mentioned text 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. We love Thornton's. We love Kelly Leonardo. We love Alex Cupper, who is just as upset as we are. I think he's probably listening right now because I know he is. he's not happy about what he saw over the weekend. Do you have any eligibility left? Good Lord, send them out there. If you love Thornton's as much as we do, download the Refreshing Rewards app. It'll save you money every time you need to fuel up at the pump. And then text us at 502-414-1450. I mean, we have so many texts. And I knew it was going to happen, but we'll do what we can. I mean, are, are these, how many of them do you have to like bleep out? I haven't looked. We've been talking for the last 40 minutes, so I haven't really gone through it. Um, but I, I saw some came in on Saturday night during the show. I did take a look at those. Um, and it's, you know. People are mad, but this is the day to be mad. We're gonna, we're not gonna, we'll censor if it's, you know, explicit, but we're gonna let people say what they want to say today. 502-414-1450. Texture says, "Fire Scott, sad Scott Satterfield, and Mick Cronin sucks." <laughs> I love just the Mick Cronin thrown in there too. I like because this is the this is the person's first text since April, and he used to end all of his texts with Mick Cronin sucks. I guess this I, was during the coaching. Search. I swear it's not my burner phone. <laughs> there you go. Uh, text. Not that I have a burner phone. 
<laughs> Bring Brom Home Guy is back in full force. I don't know oh, if you've seen this. Oh, I know. Yes, yes. He's responding to every tweet. I, I'm, I'm yes. on. I already had to. Like, I had to mute him. I had to do it. Who was it? Uh, somebody. I saw people saying that. Yeah, the, 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 I saw. Yeah, he's tagged me already. He's tagged, I think, the show today on a couple times. Yeah, see. I don't know. I, I don't know if you are aware of this. And, and 99% of the time when I say that, you, you haven't been. But did you know Syracuse plays Purdue in two weeks? Oh. That is setting up as as much joy as Scott may have gotten from oh, Purdue botching the end of the Penn Lord. State game on Thursday night. That would be a bad, bad, bad look. Gee, I don't know. Let's see here. What would be the lesser of two evils? Botching a very close down-the-wire game against Penn State? You're not wrong. Or getting your butt handed to you by Syracuse? You know what else we may? If this continues to go south. If they blow out Syracuse, by the way. Yeah. I mean... If this continues to go south, though, one other thing that we might be on the lookout for, you'd like to see the Atlanta Falcons offense light up the scoreboard a little bit. Well, you might want to, you know, (laughs) what's the old saying? Wish in one hand and bleep in the other, see which fills up first. All I'm saying is... (laughs) I love Ragone, I do. But uh, they've got a lot of issues down there. uh, They do, but if he could somehow overachieve this year, you ready for a little scoop, a little early season scoop? Ever going like that job? Bring him going back. I think he'd like the job. I think he'd be open to it. You gonna bring him back? I think. I think Return Ragone home. <laughs> Tucker says Clayton Bigsby. If you got hate in your heart, let it out. Yeah, today's the day. Yeah, <laughs> got hate in your heart, let, let it out. <laughs> By the first, that's the first ever triple episode. It's such a great. It's a great one. I mean, kind of grabbing you and never letting go. Tucker says you should just let TK recap the AEW event over the weekend for three hours and not even address that. Or I mean. Just, just salt like in Lions my Eagles wound. For three hours. Salt in my wound this weekend. Terry said we looked like we were playing in quicksand. It was frightening how slow off the ball we were. No explosiveness on either side of the ball. That to me was the most jarring thing. Was we, they just looked better than we did? Who, who's our? I, I, listen, as a big guy, I can I can make these these jokes? Who's the defensive lineman? I think it's ninety six. It looks like he's wearing pregnant pants. Are you talking about Destel? Yeah, yeah, that dude. If, if you can't beat him for the job, then I don't know what. Well, that's who beat out Jermaine Lole. I know. That does not mean pick up by Jermaine Lole. Lole was in there. I mean, he didn't. I don't think he recorded a stat. He did get a decent push. It looked like a couple of snaps. You know what I'm talking about? The guy's extremely big, and he looked like he was wearing pregnancy pants above his jersey. I don't know. He was like number 96, I think, or something. I mean, he just. Well, 96 you know. is RJ Sorensen, who I don't think plays. So. Maybe it was 94. 99 is Destel. No, what, it was 94 in, is a kicker. Well. You got you got his butt kicked. Whoever it was, I oh. couldn't see his name, but I just I could just, I couldn't miss him doing nothing. He looked like Matt Elam out there. Yeah, that's not high praise. <laughs> no, it's not. That's the point. <laughs> I was shocked at how much because I mean we talked about the Syracuse defense, which had its moments last year, not against us, but against other teams, and it still felt like with our front five and with our running attack, if the passing game wasn't clicking, if the receivers and, and Malik hadn't formed that that good bond. We should be able to just run all over them. We couldn't, and not only that, they could they could run all over us. Like they looked like they were faster than us. They looked bigger than us. They looked stronger than us. They looked better than us in every way, shape, form. It wasn't just the dumb play calling. It wasn't just Malik hunting stats. I think on that that first goal line drive, it wasn't just the the mistakes, the penalties, that stuff. Syracuse looked like a better football team than we did. Better coach team. 
better in every way, yeah. shape, form. They they were just better. Yeah. And maybe they go on to have this. I mean, this is what you do after week one when you get your brains beat in. You're like, maybe they end up being like a nine-win team. The more likely thing is they probably end up being five, six-win team that's just okay and had no business looking that much better than we were. But for, for that week, it was shocking. They looked like the team that should have been not just favored, but like a 10-point favorite. They were better. Every step, every play, they were better than us. They looked like a team who wanted to be there, who was angry. And I think at one point, maybe I tongue-in-cheek said, you know, you know, we should be concerned that, you know, this is a team that we, we kicked their butt and they, they, they're they hungry. They're at home for the first time in three, four years, whatever it's been, against us, that they have a, a chip on their shoulder. It's week one. Everybody should be hungry. And, we, and I'm assuming we came in thinking we were just going to walk all over them because, what, we had beaten them the last time? Because we've beaten them six out of seven times. If if that's the mentality, then everybody has to go. I mean, if that, this, is the, this is one of the oldest teams in college football. We have, I think, five super seniors starting. We've got a bunch of other seniors starting. Almost everybody that we have playing has had big time college football experience, whether it was here or where they transferred in from. Our to go into was a Petrino recruit. He, he started. <laughs> he played against these guys in 2018. The last time we were at the Carrier Dome, Malik has been there. He had that experience. To, to go, if you have that mentality in Week One for a conference road game. You're not going to do anything this year. No. Like, like this, we have no hope of even playing in a bowl game if that's the mentality that they led to a 31 to seven loss. I mean, we might as well just spend most of the time at Disneyland on next this this weekend instead of actually worrying about Central Florida. And look, I mean, or Disney World, whichever one it is. As, as Keith said over the weekend, UCF does everything that Syracuse does, and they do it better. They're faster, they're bigger, they're stronger. The defense should be better than the one that held us to seven points. And I don't know if you watched last night's game, but or two nights ago, Florida State. Looked pretty decent against LSU. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if I underestimated LSU or or, or over. Excuse me, overestimated LSU or underestimated Florida State in that game. And let's be real, we're staring. I thought LSU was going to blow them out. We're staring zero three directly in the face, unless something drastic changes. Well, don't we have Central Florida before? No, it's Florida State then South Florida, it's, isn't it? It's yeah. US, UCF then Florida State then South. Florida. Some reason I had in my mind we South Florida played. did not look great over the weekend, so that, at least we have that going for us. For some which reason, is nice. Yeah, some reason I had us thinking we were playing South Florida before. Florida State, but yeah. I would like to. But yeah, you're, yeah, we're looking at zero and three. Zero and three start. When's the last time we started zero three? Was that uh, Patri- the twenty fifteen team started zero and three when we lost to Auburn, and then we got beat by Houston, and then we got beat by Clemson. Oh, I remember that Houston game, that was, and that yeah, team Houston. still ended up going to the Music City Bowl, winning uh, eight games, beating Texas A and M with Lamar Jackson. So we just need to find Lamar Jackson on the bench. That's the key. If we can find Lamar Jackson, maybe a Jair Alexander. I don't know if we'll have time. <laughs> Then I think we might be okay. Oh well, sweet. That's good. That's that's awesome. That's that's all, that's all we need. Well, that's then then swell. The thing is, all three of those losses were close losses, and that Houston team we didn't know at the time they ended up being pretty damn good. Clemson, by the way, I'm not, not sure if you heard of them. They were pretty good. We lost on a in a one <laughs> possession game. All three of those games were one possession games. We weren't getting blown out by a team like Syracuse that has been to one bowl game over the last seven seasons. Now the Auburn team ended up being overrated, but then again, they're overrated, but they're still. We, we were also trying to find our own paths as well. That's not the situation. The, 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 and we lost by seven. Yeah, I think it's clear. Like, I mean, Evans is your number one guy running back. Should Malik. Be. Trayvon Cooley's looking at the weather in Raleigh. Is was Cooley even there? I don't think I ever saw him. I saw I saw Jordan. Jordan Jordan played okay too. He made a couple. He tried. He looked like a guy that was trying to like show a little life, you know, off a team that he, he had used to be on. But yeah, I mean, Texas is the same team as the last two years. Before the game, I was at six and six. I'm not sure we will win two games this year. 
2023 class will all be gone from either them not wanting to go to a losing program or because Scott will be gone. That's the other part of this too. Do you, do we get worried that even if we keep Scott, they say, you know, you know, they're watching national televised Louisville beatdowns every weekend. They're like, I don't want to go to this game. And if the, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. If the season keeps going the way it's going, Louisville fans aren't going to show up to home games. It's going to be as bad as we thought it was going to be at the end of last season. Oh, boy, poor and, Michael Bush on Friday. Well, that's two Fridays, but yeah. yeah well, I mean, if yeah. we lose to UCF, it's going to be it's going to be bad. <sighs> and if you are if you're Reuben Owens and you got Texas and TCU and Texas A and M still saying, "Hey, you can watch us watch us play," you know. SEC powerhouse on CBS 3:30 in the afternoon. Watch, look at our crowd, and then look at the crowd at Cardinal Stadium on Friday night. Do you really want to go be a part of that? Even if your boys on the coaching staff stick around, do guys start dropping out? I, I think that's absolutely a concern. Again, the one thing that could not happen for this to get weird, it's starting to happen. You could have at least given us an extra week of being like just. That's all we wanted. Just smoke up our own rear ends. That's all we wanted was to beat. If you lose to UCF on the road, okay, that's you know that's whatever. They're a good program. We, we saw this past weekend, ACC teams should never play a group of five teams on the road because it takes missed extra points for them to win. And the other times they're getting their brains beaten. We we have lost more games as a conference in the last uh, in, the, in the playoff era to group of five teams on the road than SEC teams have played group of five teams on the road. Stop scheduling these games. That's that's an understandable loss. But to lose to, to Syracuse by 24, no. like It, it ruins everything. Everything. It has already ruined everything. All the goodwill. Every fan, if you are on social media, the ones who are texting into the show, the ones who have been calling into other shows, the, every fan is just pissed off. It's not even like, I'm so disappointed we got let down again. It is anger at this point because they're ruining what could have been a very good thing. It's all been blown to bleep. Were you like me on Saturday? You were watching North Carolina give up 40 points in the fourth quarter. You're thinking, huh, maybe our maybe it's not. we're not the worst. Maybe, maybe it can't. It could be worse. We could be Gene Chizik in North Carolina. I would take that right now. Because, I mean, Syracuse, is, Syracuse put up 31 on us, and their offense isn't half as good as App State's. Give me some excitement. I mean. Anything. Texas says, what do you think will happen? What do you think has to happen for Satterfield to be fired midseason? Nothing. We ain't going to happen. I'd be more. I, I'm, 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 I'm still. I don't even think we'll get rid of Brown at any point during the year. Do you, it could be a deal where I, I don't think he'll ever get rid of Brown. I think, but he could like give the reins to exactly, Wesley McGriff. Yeah, that that's what you might get if anything is we're gonna the play calling the defensive play calling is not gonna be by um, who, whatever Lance know, Taylor. Yeah, Lance Taylor. Th- that would be offense. That'd be offense. No defense is somebody. Defense is Wesley McGriff. Yeah, McGriff. Thank Off- you. I can see Satterfield maybe reluctantly giving I the reins. I don't see the offense. The, the defense you eventually think he just goes down with the ship. Yeah, I think he will. Well, he's going to keep Brown on, which is, I mean... If you look at the schedule... Illogical in its own right. But. I mean, if we are... If we're like 1-7, which is on the table, I could see that being the case. I mean, Petrino, it was, it, we were 2-6 and six when he got fired, or 2-7 and seven when he got fired. Petrino, the, the, the one slight thing is Petrino's also kind of a, a bully pole. I mean, he's... people. Nobody's going to come rushing to his yeah, aid. Yeah, like... Satterfield's more in the Crackthorpe area where you know he sucks, but he's a nice guy. So you don't want to, you're just not going to throw him out and kick him out in the middle of the season because you, you kind of like him, but you know it's, it's over. I mean, and they knew Crackthorpe halfway through that season wasn't going to make it. And they knew he was fired. They knew he was going to be fired and then yada, yada. But you just didn't want to do it publicly. Petrino, you just didn't care. Petrino's just like, well, he's a punk anyway. We're just fired. I think Satterfield's the same, same situation. If, if we're to, in that scenario, then the, 
Eternally, he's got to know his job's over, but we're going to let you finish the season now. The key games, because UCF now looks bad, let's be real. Florida State, you know, still, they looked pretty good against LSU, all things considered. That's going to be tough. you got to beat USF. Then you go to Boston College, who, who looked bad and lost to Rutgers, team that was playing without three of its best players on Saturday. Who did South Florida lose to this week? I didn't even pay attention to it. Whoever, I think BYU. They blew them out. Well, BYU's good, too, though. They are, but it was like not close. Like yeah. it was twenty eight nothing after the first quarter. Well, it makes me feel better. South Florida Bull fans, our offense is not BYU. It's not. So <laughs> USF, you have to win. If you, I mean, if you start zero and four with a loss to USF, then maybe. I mean, you, you're looking at possible zero and six. Well, if you lose to USF, you're not beating anybody. You're looking at possible zero and twelve. But BC, I think all of a sudden that feels like if you get some momentum from that USF game. That's one that could turn the tide a little bit and at least stave off the fan base. Then you're at Virginia, who is, is kind of whatever. No, but BC's and a then road the schedule game. gets really tough. Both those games are road games. I, I, I mean, how can you trust this team to have any fight on the road at this point? You can't. We also found out today Sam Hartman is back now for Wake Forest ahead of schedule. He's going to be available this weekend for their game. I think they play Vandy. So that game against October 29th, the, you know, you never want anybody to be injured. And now, the, you know, the, you're going to have him not just back, but he's going to be fully back he will have been competing for like a month and a half um so an already tough schedule just gets gets tougher here well we, we're trying to read text we we now have more that have come in since we started than we got through by the way game but we came i didn't win this weekend on my bet think of trevor guys western covered texas covered texas tech covered i love i love going big covers on week one it's all it works out so well usually louisville Poop the bed like Frank. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll try to get through some more of these texts, and then we'll also talk a little bit about the coach's comments today, which I, I don't think were confidence-inspiring. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I've read some of the quotes, but I, I just got to read this tweet. I love Eric Cropper's tweet just like a misco. The, 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 it's a video, and I don't know what Satterfield's saying, but the, 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 the Cropper, the Cropper d- describes the video as Satterfield on the one thing the team, quote, should have done at Syracuse. Really? D- one thing? There's just one thing. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the quotes. One. They, they gave me a very 2018 vibe, and that's the, I mean, one of the worst things you can say about a press conference. So we'll take a break. We'll come back. More of your text, and then we'll talk about the press conferences. That's coming up in hour number two of a uh, angry, sad, whatever negative emotion you want to use. Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Look, we're wanting today. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what the worst thing about this is? I feel like I've said this five or six times already today. Go for it. And I hate everything about you. The worst thing about right now. You know, I wanted to do that right, didn't you? I know. I had to, I had to let you get it out. <laughs> the worst thing about right now is it's week one. Yeah. And I feel like we have so little hope now for not just the rest of the season, but like the, the season that immediately follows. Because 
even if we, let's say we were going to win eight games, which again, still on the table, would love to see it. All that. All that. Yeah, sure, I could pole vault too. <laughs> which is more likely? Five one two four one four fourteen fifty. If like, even if we had had an eight and four type season, everything had gone according to plan. We bring in this loaded recruiting class. You still were expecting to take some lumps next year. Like those freshmen can't come out there and be like superstars in college football across the field right from day one. So you're still looking at probably another season where your you know best case scenario is like six and six, seven and five, eight and four. It's you know like now with the recruiting class and. A state of flux if the season keeps going the way that it looked like it's going to in week one like what real hope do you have for being markedly better next season like I mean, maybe you hire new coach a fantastic coach who brings in a bunch of transfers and like they can just turn it around that quickly but or just coaches the the talent we do have better and, and we are just, more competitive it just feels so hopeless right now and then you're staring and look i don't want to turn the focus and you know kenny Payne hating and all this stuff but like basketball the projections are not going to be good nobody's projecting Louisville to be an ncaa tournament team maybe they can overachieve that would be wonderful but it seems more likely than not that they're not like that's not going to happen so the big two spotlight sports it's like when are we going to be elite or even just good in either one again and i don't know man the syracuse loss just has me on tilt I'm jeff just, jeff balls we need you buddy dan dan let's get it done he's done with that big one buddy Make it happen. There's no better time than now, my friend. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sucks line. Again, we've, we're probably going to be able to get to everybody today. We're going to do our damnedest, though. I mean, it should be like divided into like upset, mad at Brown, mad at Sat, mad at both. Well, it's, you know, you, people can be mad what they want to be. Is anybody happy in there? No. Okay. Said, I've been angry since Saturday night, and today's <laughs> press conference not reflecting any anger and just emotionless disappointment just pissed me off. We are back to Cragthorpe's book club being the tone setter for the program. <laughs> it does fit. You know what this game reminded me of? And it was, I went back and looked. It was the first time that we've lost a season opener as a favorite since 2008, which is when we back where we would play Kentucky in the first game at home. They just started doing that thing where they're like, we don't want to play you at the first game. Because we're getting used to losing openers in general anyway. We are. We've lost what now? Four out of five? Four out of five. Um, we had. Sorry, Western. We had, I think we've lost, in the history of the program, we've lost eight season opening games by more than a touchdown. And three of them have now come under Scott Satterfield, which is not great. Um, but it rem- the, fir- the last time that we had lost a season opener as a favorite was the 2008 game against Kentucky. And that was Craig Thorpe's second season. And if you remember that offseason, like we did the same thing that we've done with Satterfield a couple of times that we did, had done with maybe Chris Mack back in the day where it was, you know, the season didn't go the way we wanted it to, but there were built-in excuses there. And with, with, with Craig Thorpe, after year one, the big excuse was, well, all the culture problems that Bobby Petrino left behind, right? He yeah. was left behind some bad eggs. Had to get you guys getting kicked off the team. Guys getting kicked off the team. George said, you know, Still I haven't found George Tripling. Yeah. <laughs> He's been missing since 08. <laughs> George calling the show. Let's see if the phone's going to work. I don't know if you're there, buddy. Like Tom George came out and said, like, my biggest mistake as AD was telling Steve he needed to keep some of the past coaches around. And you just realized that if you don't let your coaches bring in their guys, it's never going to work. So you had you had the classic excuse of sacrificing the coordinators. Like all that stuff happened. You know, we got Hunter Cantwell coming back in. He's a pro pro prospect and all this stuff. And we talked ourselves into that 08 team being better. And Craig Thorpe still kind of being the guy and better days ahead. And last season was just a one off. And then we go out there and we score two points against Kentucky. A not great Kentucky team. They beat us 27-2. to two. And I think that Saturday night was the most disappointing season opener since that game. Because it wasn't just about getting destroyed by one of the weaker teams on your schedule. It was about 
like this guy just might not have it. Like this just might not be the fit. Because that's where your mind immediately went to with Crythorpe was we gave him the benefit of the doubt. We hoped that last season was just a product of all the excuses that we've heard for the last eight months. Maybe he could, this can still work. And then when that happened, you were like, eh, it's probably not going to work. This is worse. Even that, that 08 season, though, we ended up going 5-2. and two. Well, and that 08 team, that UK team was the 8-win team, if I remember right. I mean, that, that UK team was better than that Syracuse team we just played on this weekend. Were they? That was the, the Woodson team, wasn't it? He was the year, but you no, know, he was gone by then. Did, was that the year after he left? Woodson, Woodson was 05. I thought he, he was... 05 was the year he fumbled the goal line against us in Lexington. Okay, I thought that 08 team, UK team, was at least an 8-win team. Was it, it wasn't Joker, was it? That was, I think those were the Joker days. Was it the first Joker team, though? This was, no, Rich Brooks was still there. Okay, well, so that was probably a decent. UK they team. went, uh, they lost one, two, three, four, five. They lost six games. Okay, so they were they were five hundred then. Yeah, I still think they were probably still better than the Syracuse team, which doesn't doesn't matter anyway. Cause they went two and six in the SEC and yeah. six and six overall. Um, they, they, but it reminded me of that that in that 08 Louisville team. By the way, they ended up going. They started five and two. They beat South Florida, who was ranked. To get to five and two, and people were like, "Hey, here we go!" Told you, and then they lost five in a row to end the season, and that was it. Huh? So similar to this year, where we're gonna we're gonna get our win against South Florida. People are like, "It's back! Look, we looked good. We're gonna be South Florida." Don't decently. think South Florida is gonna be ranked. And people are gonna be like, "Oh, look, we beat. Look, we just we got it together now." Evans is, is, is Heisman trophies back in the in the shelf, and Cunningham just put up you know two hundred yards rushing. I told you he can do it. You know, I don't think anybody's falling for that anymore. I think those days are gone. You may get some. Super, super optimistic fans who just want to believe that much. But this, we, we've done it too much for the last three years. Warning you people, two years. I called. I told you. I told you when first met you. I thought he reminded me of Ron Cooper. He he took the, he took the talent that he had that was left over from Petrino, which was tons of talent, and he's milked it like like Disney did Star Wars. And now we're sitting here looking at a dry cow. In, in a in a three win season, we have both expressed our fears. I think I, I think we've been on the record, but for saying exactly how afraid we are of, of holding on to Scott Satterfield and what this season might wind up looking like if we did. And unfortunately, those fears are starting to be realized. It just, and again, to, to, to finish the point, that 08 loss to Kentucky, as embarrassing as it was to lose 27-2 to a rival that wasn't supposed to be that good, the big the big picture fear that was a hot game too. is the bigger deal. It, the, 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 the more gigantic picture about where the, not just the season is going, but where it feels like the program is going, that's what hurts even more than the the final score itself. And certainly with with Craig Thorpe, unfortunately, it was headed in that direction. I think with Satterfield, we'll we'll find out. But there are reasons for there, there are reasons why the, the text line has we have eighty three texts that have, are unread, and they're all I think saying some various form of the same thing. Texas, let's, let's uh, get you reading. I'm sorry, go on. You're fine. In Texas, we were so bad that Iowa would have. <laughs> Ran it up on us in one evening. This team killed my love for football and my will to live. That made <laughs> the skin contact during a devil's threesome weird. Did, um, did you just to make an Iowa reference in there? I mean, yeah, because Iowa. Did, I don't know if you saw it. They did oh, they, they scored five points. That's right. No, yes. they scored. They scored seven points oh, without a touchdown. Yeah, it was all safeties. A I field goal that. and two safeties. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Incredible. Who they beat? South Dakota. Is that it was? Okay. Yeah. Or, or South Dakota State. It was one of them, yeah, because because North Dakota, I think, gave them Nebraska all they wanted. They did, yeah. But I mean, that was like the, it's the crowning achievement of the Kirk Ferentz era. That, that's, saw, that's peak Kirk Ferentz. I saw that and I was like, that's got to be a typo on the t- on the ticker, right? Seven three without a, yeah. without a touchdown. When I saw it was five to three, I think on the ticker, I was like, no way. 
I'm watching. I'm watching at the time. I'm watching uh, North Carolina and App State just go back and forth on the field, which was great. And here's, here's the score at the bottom. Says Iowa's got five. Except, and we'll get back to the UVL freaking out in a second. The only thing that sucks about the North Carolina, and I said this on Twitter, and I think most people watching the game agreed. It was the most exciting football game I've ever seen in my life with the least exciting announcer that I've ever heard. <laughs> the guy acted like he was calling a 6-1 Reds-Pirates game in September. Nice He's like, touchdown over the middle. I'm like, they've scored 40 bleeping points in the quarter. <laughs> no. What are you doing? A little bit of inflection. Give me a little bit of excitement I mean, here. Gus Johnson. Good we, God. I mean, I'm not asking for Gus Johnson or anything, but at least you know, meet me halfway. What a weekend for ACC teams uh, and extra points. I mean... <laughs> North Carolina State beats East Carolina because they missed an extra point yep. to die and they missed a field goal late. Um, App State loses to UNC because they missed two two-point conversions at the end of the game. And then Florida State uh, beats LSU on a blocked extra point. Nobody nobody makes you work for that one or two points after a score more than the ACC. I do love the uh, under an LSU game when he's like, the, the, the tie game, tie game. Now remember, they did block one earlier. Yeah. And it's like, as soon as he said, I'm like, they're going to block it. And by the way, the guy who blocked that extra point, Jared Jackson, transfer from Louisville. The Florida State quarterback who looked pretty damn good, Jordan Travis, transfer from Louisville. Do you think we po- you think we chose poorly on that one between Cunningham and Travis? I was a big Jordan. You can go back and take the taste. I was a big Jordan Travis guy when he was here. Now, is this like how you were or weren't a, a West fan? That, well, no, I wasn't. Was, <laughs> these are very these are all statements that have, can be found. You can go back and check the check the tape. Um, Jordan Travis, he, I, I was kind of proven wrong. He hasn't been very good at Florida State up until no, now, he, but he mean, looked good on on Sunday night. He did. I mean, I honestly. At least I don't we got Devon Mortimer from them, though. That flip on signing day. So stuck on that FSU. I thought he didn't make the team. He, he didn't. Okay. That's, that's the joke, Trevor. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait a second. I could have swore he's like kind of locked up or something. <laughs> Jarvis Brownlee, too. Secondary looking great. Um, man. <laughs> Texas, a colleague of mine knows Coach Brown. He's been telling me all offseason how Coach told him how bad the defense looks. I thought he was just messing around. Turns out they had a good idea if it was going to be like this. Man, the Brian Brown, somehow, like, and I'm not calling the, the texter out here, but somehow everybody over the weekend that has my phone number knew somebody who knew somebody who knew Brian Brown and had very insane thoughts about what took place. I mean, you, like, I've heard, basically, like there was like a, I've heard every rumor besides like the defense got into an all-out brawl the night before the game. It's like, hey, they didn't even know what defense they were running when I they walked on the field. because I saw no fight in that defense on Saturday. Yeah, that's so. the, one I was, the one rumor I wouldn't believe if there <laughs> yeah. was, it was out there, which I have not heard. But everybody's like, I know Brian Brown, and he was saying this, and they were doing this. And, and I, I'm like, I, I don't even know what to believe. All I know is we sucked. I know Brian Brown, too. And I knew, I knew not to have my hopes up for this team and this defense. I, I mean, you had a chance to make me look a goober again, Brian. And you didn't. You made me look smart as smart as anyone's ever made me look. I haven't looked as smart since since Adam changed my 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 answers on the tests in eighth grade English, and got me passed. I, I it's just I mean, it's, it's some of the quotes I read from him today at the press conference. Just, We're gonna get to it. I know. We're gonna it's get just, there. I'm not happy about it either. I mean, the man's gonna make me smoke a cigarette in the church. Okay. Texas Mike, how did you get Trevor to be that quiet for the start of the show? Is he okay? It was nice to Trevor. <laughs> no, because I know. I needed that. You need you get yours. I'll get mine. Yeah, you, you, we, we got our time. Yeah, we'll, 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 we got rants. Don't worry. We got plenty of time to get them through. Texas says, I'm tired of this false hope that the coaching staff tends to give the fans. We've been bamboozled, and I'm tired of going to football games knowing this coaching staff isn't good enough to call a good game. I don't blame the kids. They're following what the coaches are giving them. The coaches have to go in order for this program to move forward. And on top of us losing the Bring Brom Home guys back. He is. He's out there. You knew he was going to be. Of course he was going to be. Why are you? Why are you mad at the? Why, why are you mad at the bring Brom home guy? 
I don't give the kids. Here's the thing: you don't be mad at him. Be mad at the reason why he's here. I agree. I agree. It's not the it's not the source. It's the cause. Yes. Thank you. I I, I don't think you can just give the kids a free pass. Like they did, the coaching staff have them ready to play for this game. Clearly not. No. Could they have played harder? Like, like you don't need the coaching staff in your ear and, and being the best motivators in the world to celebrate after a big play, which we didn't see any of. You you don't need the coaching staff to be the best coaching staff in the world to be animated and into the game on the sidelines, which we were not. Like if, if these are at some point you're talking about eighteen to within the new coat like rules, like eighteen to twenty six year old men. Mark Vess is like twenty eight, who by the way looked great. I take back my. Uh, the punter was our. He best. He was fantastic. Our he was our best weapon on offensive and defense Saturday. He had a couple punts that pinned him back. He did. I mean, and he, and he granted, didn't do the Aussie style, but whatever. I mean, I mean, it didn't matter because they still went ninety five yards down the field anyway. But he, he tried. At some point, the kids like they may not be more to blame than the coaching staff, but they don't just get a free pass for coming out there and going through the motions in week one of the bleeping season. No, I agree. I mean, there's yeah, I'm no, I'm I agree one hundred percent. Then again, I think we we I'm on different sides of the. Are you okay? Is it okay to boo at a college game? Right? I, you're anti-boo, and I know, I know you know I'm not. I just don't understand what good it does. Like the kids are not trying to play poorly. Like I don't. It, if anything, it's just showing. I don't think it accomplishes dis- anything. Well, I mean, it, it makes them if they're uh, if they're unaware of your displeasure for the way that the team is performing. When have we ever booed and then the team has just like turned it around midseason and been like, you know what? That's what we needed. Well, like every time we booed, it's been in the middle of a catastrophe season that has gone just like worse after that point. Maybe they were still unaware of where they were playing. <laughs> Texas said, I couldn't agree more with your opening uh, remarks, Mike. Well said. Go look at Ty Spalding's tweets. He clipped three plays where guys look like they don't give a bleep, but this great culture we have, right? Yeah, I saw Ty do it. I saw some other people doing it too, and like, they're right. Like we, looked like we, we looked like we didn't care. No. It, which I, I just I, – there's been no indication – uh, am I buying too much into the hype videos? Are we seeing too? Should the are the hype video people really to blame here? We've blamed no, everybody I think else. The hype video might be just that good. The amount of they people. Might be the best part of our program. They, if they can get you excited about what we just saw on Saturday, they all look like they care in the hype videos. Though, like, you, by the way, the amount of people who tweeted me some form like during the game and after the game of like you radio show host getting everybody all fired up, like you guys are the ones who get us. I'm like, you don't listen to the show then. <laughs> I can tell you don't listen to the show. Which is fine, but don't act like you listen to the show. Maybe they're using CGI on those type videos. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even real people. <laughs> Texas, not to make excuses for Malik, but I fully expected plenty of chances for him to sit back and scan the field. It never seemed to happen. That's on the O line, and that group has much experience. There's no excuse. The O line was bad. Malik doesn't get a free pass. Like when he did have time, he still couldn't make the throws or made just bad decisions. He was looking to run too often, too. I thought. He looked like he just didn't. He just looked confused back there. Every every play looked good during the headlights. The offense looked. I mean, and it's the, the guy. Like you said, the guy's twenty five year old, fifth year senior. I mean, he can run a car for God's sakes. I'm very concerned too that we don't have like Tyler Hudson. Seems like he he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jordan Watkins from last year. Like a good sort of third down back. He's going to get open. He's going to be. He's going to find not back receiver. He's going to find spaces and, and take advantage of those. We don't have that Tyler Harrell, Tutu Atwell, whoever type weapon to take a little crossing route and turn what could be like a five, six yard gain into like a 60, 60 yard explosion. We don't, and, and we don't have those guys. And listen, that, and it, it's not like that wasn't a concern. We were scared about that all offseason. And it feels like it's realized. And I'm we, and very we, concerned about the weapons and, in the outside. And I had people say to me, well, Huggins Bruce can be that guy. And he had one nice play. I know uh, when on a drive, they ended up, I think, in the interception, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. 
but uh, they got us out of kind of our back against the, the wall at the end zone, which was was fine. But I mean, I had people tell me that, and 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 who this guy can do it, Wiggins can do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, and I don't, and and didn't look like it. I keep wanting to call him Harrell, the the guy from Arkansas State or whatever. Todd Hudson. Hudson, yeah, I keep wanting to call him Harrell. T. Huddy. Yeah, Hudson. I mean, Hudson. I'm not going to get totally. On, I mean, it's his first game in the program. He played what you great. I mean, listen, he I, I, he can have a mistake or two. I'm not going to. I'm not going to just throw him over the coast. But Cunningham has no excuses at this point. You just you just look in the mirror. I, I mean, you you are a fifth, sixth year senior. I'm joking. I'm not exaggerating when I say he's a sixth year senior. Well, fifth year. Whatever. He's been here how long? He's been here since 18? Five years, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's no excuse. Uh, on the road? He he, looked, he was bad. There's no way around it. I mean. He did things that you cannot do when you're trying to make. I mean, just things that we haven't seen him do. Like, people talk about him not taking enough chances. And he was just throwing the ball, making throws that he cannot make. Like, throwing it right to Syracuse guys. He's not talented enough to make take chances. Exactly. and, and But that's been a concern. That there's been a criticism from some Louisville fans. Is you got to try to make those throws. you got to get better. you got to you know take shots. And he was taking shots at the wrong times uh, on Saturday night. And just nothing was working. It was like they knew everything we were going to do before we did it. No. Yeah, I felt like I was watching the movie The Water Boy. And they're, they're just they're, – they're, they're, Dino Brock – Dino Brock. I want to come Dino Brock did it. Dino, <laughs> Dino was on the other end just reading our offense from – Idiot's guide to, to football coaching. Or just scouting. Like tape yeah, really. from playing. the, the yeah. Again, he had four months to get ready for this game. It's like we they looked at everything that we've done the last three years, and they're like, they probably won't do it, you know, the exact same game plan, but we can at least be prepared for that. And then we're like, yeah, they're not going to check the tape. We're just going to do exactly what we've been doing the last two I years. I mean, I'm sure we watched all the tape of Syracuse, and then, then we got in the game and realized. I'm not sure of anything at this no, point. No, no, they did, and then they got in the game and realized, oh, wait a minute, they have a different coordinator. They're not running the same stuff they did last year. Oops. They, we, we played the coordinator the last two years, too. We should have. We have film we on Virginia. Wrong, oh, we did the wrong game film? Oh, we should have watched Syracuse Virginia game film. My bad. Robert and I just owned those, I guess. That's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the issue. Texas, one thing that bothered me outside of the on-field performance was Ben Satters was the only one noticeably showing energy on the UofL sideline. His presence has been dominant in the preseason hype videos, and that transition to the sidelines of week one. Where is the juice from the rest of the staff to sat, understand, or care that he's fighting for his P life coaching job, P five coaching job every day. I think he feels like he's got this recruiting class that, that that's give him an ultimatum: keep keep your keep the coach or not. We're not coming. I guess does he feel like that's a safety net for him or something? Because he does act like I've, he. I, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. And maybe you think it's unfair. Maybe you think it's just it's over the top. If it if it is, then the man can prove me wrong. It doesn't feel like Scott Satterfield likes being Louisville's head football coach. It doesn't. I don't think he's comfortable here. He's mutual at this point. I don't think he's never seemed to really embrace it. It seems like when he does go out and do things in the community, it feels almost forced. I don't think he likes dealing with the fan base. I don't think he likes dealing with the criticism. I don't think he thinks the criticism is fair. And the lack of enthusiasm on the sidelines, the lack of enthusiasm, the lack of, like, go to the press conference. We're going to talk about that next segment. I'll do respect to the text line. We kind of move on a little bit. We can You can complain about this next. We have plenty of things to complain about today. <laughs> it's just all text one day. After a performance like that, go to the press conference pissed off. Yell a little bit. Come as close to cussing as you are. You will allow yourself to come. Like show us that you have some pride that you want to be here. I haven't seen it for the last three years. Give me halftime, John L. Michigan State, Ohio State. Give me, give me something. Give me, give me the the coaches are screwing it up. It just it, everything like just being so well. You know, we're doing this and we're doing that. It just leads me to believe, whether it's true or not, that you just don't really care that much. That's, I mean, that that's. 
I felt that way now for two and a half years. I, I well, clearly he doesn't. Otherwise, he would have gotten rid of Brown a year ago. And I'll, I'll say that too. This was the the same exact thing that I said when it was announced back in February that the coaching staff was saying the same, and Brian Brown was coming back. If the defense is as bad as it's been, and we find that out beyond any shadow of a doubt, like six games into the season, do you blame Brian Brown? Of course, like like, like it's his defense. He hasn't shown improvement, but you have to blame Scott Satterfield for that. He's the head coach. He's not the offensive coordinator. He's the head coach. He's in charge of every facet of the game. It's his call to bring Brian Brown back in the face of some serious evidence that would say you should not give this guy a fourth chance. He made that choice. He stuck his neck out. He kept his boy around for year four. If it goes poorly for the entire year, that's on the head coach. That's on Scott Satterfield. He gets the blame for that. You don't just get to sacrifice him in the middle of the season or at the end of the year and say, well, he wasn't getting it done. Now we're going to be better. That's your call. It all comes back to you. It all falls on your head when things are going poorly, and things have gone poorly now for two years and one game. That's my piece. I'm still just worried he's, he he held on to him just so he could use him as a scapegoat and get that extra year. And it, which, if he is, I just said, it, will not play with me and should not play with anybody no, in the No, it fan shouldn't. Base. Should not play. Texas is pretty sure five of the first six drives had a false start or a holding penalty that put us at first and second and more than 10 for an offense built around the run game and getting short, consistent chunks of yardage. That just can't happen. No. You're exactly right. 100% can't happen. We got a false start in that first drive, and it killed the entire drive. It, which has happened more times than not the last couple of years. Didn't bother Syracuse, but it killed us. Well, I mean, Syracuse will throw on obvious passing downs, too, instead of running, I don't know, a third and eight run to the short side of the field when you're down by 10 points which made me want to die. No, the the one that bugged me, I think as much as anything, was when on the, the Syracuse touchdown. I want to say it was when they went 17, and they ran they ran the big big formation, and Tucker went just untouched into the end zone from the five yards out, and there were like five Cardinals around him, one orange blocker, and yet he still went untouched. Like, I, I had to rewind it and over and over watching the slow motion because the physics of him being able to get that far without being touched with that many cards around just baffled me. We had, don't get me wrong, we had some busted plays. The touchdown that put them up 31 to 7 or 24 was the, the touchdown pass to the dude who was wide open. Like, we had just some straight busts. But there was, it was jarring how many times we had guys in position, multiple guys in position to make a play, and they just didn't. Like, like Keith pointed out the screenshot of the Sean Tucker, the, the, the screen pass for the touchdown. We got two guys right there. It's two on one. They got one blocker, Tucker with the ball in his hands, and we've got two tacklers right there to make a play. Like that's not scheme. That's just dudes not getting it done. Monty Montgomery flies by and barely gets a hand on him. Whoever the other guy is, I, th- I think it was Yaya Diaby, gets blocked effectively, and then Tucker's gone. Like if you gotta have you, this first time of the season, we're gonna say it. You gotta make shots in basketball. Gotta make plays in football. At some point, you gotta make plays. We made no plays. No plays. None. Zero. Texture says Satterfield wants to blame penalties. Syracuse had 18 compared to seven. Several false starts. It sure didn't seem to hold them back. Yeah, the, I, I get that Satterfield's mad about the penalties and the, the lack of offensive possessions in the first half. At some point, you got to stop talking about it. At some point, you just got to say it's not good enough on any front. Like, we're sorry. Like, like Grovel to us a little. Show us that you care a little bit. Show us that you're <laughs> pissed off a little bit. Not just, well, some not-so-cool stuff happened, but it's going to be fine. They're practicing hard. I love that. <laughs> he wants to complain. We had four possessions in the first half. Why? 
you, you, you want to know why you only had four possessions in the first half? They don't flip the coin to decide who gets the ball every time. You want to know why? Because the, our defense can't get anybody off the field. They're just inching their way and having their way on and eating up clock. That's why you get four possessions in the first half on offense. Yeah. Because the guy you kept as defensive coordinator who should have been fired a year at this time a year ago, had no business even being in D.C. last year, still here. Um. There's Andrea Adelson and Pete Futak are real gurus. No one from Louisville pundits or fans knew anything about this team, period. We all were giving them grief for saying we would lose to Syracuse. I was stunned into silence on Saturday night. You should have both of them on this week and figure out what they saw that no person from the Louisville side saw awful. I mean, I love how everybody on Twitter's taking shots at Lee Corso. He was right. The only guy big said, clearly he's the least unsane of all of them. Yeah, I mean, Angie also, too, you know, if you're going to give her credit for saying she was worried about us losing to Syracuse, also picked us to finish third in the Atlantic and said we're going to be the biggest, uh, most underrated team in the ACC, so. (laughs) You know who's really smiling is Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's like, I told you guys. (laughs) Did he pick against us or something? He picked us last in the the Atlantic. Oh, uh, yeah. And, like, Louisville fans went nuts. And Dan Mullen's like, I know something about football. It's like, well, not from coaching, but. Hey, he 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 beat Tim Tebow. He did. Texas, what does that have on the university to keep Brian Brown on staff? No intensity, no passion, and no players have no idea how to tackle. I mean, I just assume just Sat and Brown. I mean, they've been together for what, like a decade or something since App State. Yeah. So it's just his. I mean, he wants. To, he's. He's just going to be loyal, and he's going to take. He's going to take everyone down with him. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll play some of the clips from the Scott Satterfield, Lance Taylor, Brian Brown press conference, and that will. Sure- Surely fan the flames a little bit. Uh, just if you, if you weren't pissed off enough already, we're going to make you even more pissed off. We'll talk about the presser from today. That's coming up next here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. I feel like the implied message in these is getting more and more intense as the show goes on. Wait, wait, wait next hour. It went from... I, I, I just dropped all subtlety, trust me. It went from... <laughs> you, we got some bad blood to, like, maybe we're going to break up to just, like, go away. And then I hate you. This this has been the, uh, the second hour. <laughs> Spoiler. You may hear somebody that I used to know at some point. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, by the way, you were right. I'll correct myself. Ty Spalding, let me know. Uh, Malik Cunningham is a technically a sixth-year senior. He was in that 2017 class. He was on the team with Lamar Jackson in 2017, redshirted. I totally forgot that. I mean, it's just, then yeah. Then, I mean, there's no – Then it is what it is. The cake is baked, right? Well, yeah. We, I mean, we, I think we've known that for a while. We've, we've known that he is who he is. Like, the, the level for improvement wasn't going to be – so at what point? Extreme. At what point in the last four years? Why did you wait four years to recruit a quarterback? Then that's look. It's a it's a fair criticism. We've been saying we've been talking about that for a long time. The quarterback room has not been what it should have been. They've had 
you know, some bad luck, you know, losing, you know, T-Webb leaves the team at the beginning of last year after signing. We lost, um, what's his name? Uh, the, the kid whose brother played at Iowa State who's now is at Florida State, not playing. Purdy. Uh, yes, Chubba Purdy left. Uh, Jordan Travis transferred before Satterfield got here in 2018. We had a couple of grad transfers that didn't want to come here and play behind Malik Cunningham. Um, it was, you know. Well, <laughs> what could they do? <laughs> Trust me, that job was wide open if they'd known better. Well, we didn't tell them that, so they, they, they didn't come here. And we got Brock Doman, who may or may not. And people are like, we got to get rid of Malik. We got to move on. I'm like, guys, not really. The grass op- is not always greener. Not an option right now, folks. Uh, I mean, we'll talk next year. Pierce Clarkson better be the real deal because, well, first of all, I mean, there's still no you better get here. I mean, yeah. I mean, A, get him here. B, there's no guarantee he's going to come here and be a savior. I mean, I'm no, not. No, there's not. He's a, he's a four-star recruit. I mean, I've, how many times have we seen a four-star quarterback not Turn out to be anything. I mean, think I'm, about. I mean, think about this. Purdue's got a five-star kid on their bench that can't, that's one about to walk because he can't get on the field. As good as Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater wound up being, NFL starting caliber quarterbacks, MVP caliber quarterbacks in, in Jackson's case, they both were very up and down their freshman season. Like Bridgewater did not beat out Will Stein for the starting job to begin the year. Lamar Jackson, after you know getting the starting job in week two, lost it to Kyle Bowen multiple times. He did not end the regular season as Louisville starter because he was so up and down as a freshman. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Bowen started the AM game, didn't he? Yeah. He started the UK game. Yeah. No, Lamar started the AM game. Oh, okay. Lamar so came in the UK game after Kyle yeah, played so poorly yeah, and then led yeah. us to, to victory, and then he got the AM start. But like you know, they did not set the world on fire, and we still saw enough flashes from them. There's no guarantee that Pierce Clarkson is going to be an NFL caliber quarterback. And so to expect him to be like a, a rock-solid presence right off the bat as a true freshman, I think, is expecting a lot. I think the little fans, I think, are putting like Arch Manning type. Uh, we are a little bit. And, and he's, I mean, he is. And a, maybe you go in the grad transfer market and you bring in a one-year guy. But he's, to, a, he's a four-star. I mean, I, you can name as many four-stars who, I mean, remember what was he, we talked about the other day where Kentucky got two of them in the one class, neither of them panned out. It happens a lot. I mean, it happens more often than it doesn't. Let's talk about the uh, the press conference from today. So I'm just being extra negative today too. Yeah, I mean, today's there's, there's, there's the day for that. I have no reason to be op- give me. I have no reason to be optimistic about anything. That's hey, that that's the worst part about all this. What I keep saying. So we had we finally heard from Scott Satterfield, Brian Brown, and Lance Taylor today during their uh, I guess pre UCF press conference. Even though nobody really wanted to talk about UCF, they just wanted to talk about Syracuse. And Look, if they were trying to alleviate the fears of the fan base or temper the anger that the fan base has been feeling for the last 72 hours or so, uh, mission not accomplished because the press conference, it felt, I said this before, I'll say it again, it felt very 2018 in terms of just not acknowledging the length, the amount, the massive amount of things that went wrong on the field, talking about how impressed they were with the way the team has bounced back in their effort level in practice, kind of just downplaying how bad things actually looked for four quarters against a mediocre opponent. It just didn't seem like anybody really wanted to take on responsibility, and it really didn't seem like anybody was pissed off, which is the worst part about all this. So we'll start here. Scott Satterfield. You should be going to order the way you sent him. Going go in the order the way that I sent him. The, 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 the first, this is Scott Satterfield talking about the Syracuse game, the effort level, the, the perception that his team didn't match the intensity of the orange, and him not really... I think denying any of that. And we got we got, we got to match more energy. I thought they they came out with a lot of energy. Syracuse did, and that, and that, that crowd was electric um, in in there. Whoever was at that game, you, you know, it was loud and electric, and um, and then they had, they got some good things going too for them, and so it just you know made that a little bit more. And I think for us, we got to have some good stuff happen to us early in this game. 
to try to try to keep their crowd out of it because we know it'll be loud there. Um, you know, but I, I do know we have to match the intensity and the energy and the physicality of the football game. You know, you just you just can't show up and go out there and think you're going to go play well in, in, a, in a football game to this day and age. Anybody will beat you. Anybody. And you, you got to bring that intensity, then match that, whoever you're playing, but bring it every single time. Um, so, no, I was disappointed in that last week. I mean, we got to bring it. We got to bring it. We got to have it. We got to have that every time we're on the, on the field. So, um, you know, hopefully we learned that last week. Here, here's the different idea. <laughs> Instead of we have to match the intensity of Syracuse, we got to match the intensity of. How about we bring our own intensity? How about we're the team who our opponent has to match our intensity level? How about we're Louisville? We're going to do things our way. We're going to bring our own focus. We're going to bring our own effort level. Nobody's going to outplay us. Nobody's going to be more prepared. Nobody's going to be more intense than we are. And if they can't match our intensity level, then so be it. But the best they can do is match it because nobody's going to exceed it. Him just admitting that Syracuse was playing, and Malik Cunningham said the same thing after the game. Like they looked like they wanted it more. They played harder than we did. They had more effort. They were they were hungrier than we were. How? It's week one. You've had eight months to look forward to this moment. Every team's energy level and whatever when the kickoff happens should be a hundred. It should all be matched. There's no excuse for not being at a hundred. You've been waiting for this moment since the day your season ended last year, and to 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 lose to Syracuse handily in part because they wanted it more than you falls on the coaching staff. Inexplicable. I, I, I and this this won't be. I'm going to say it now because it, it can stand to probably every clip we're going to play. But don't tell me the don't be Captain Obvious and tell me what was wrong. We we clearly know you had no intensity. Don't come here and point out all the things of why you look you felt flat and look like crap on Saturday. Tell me what you're doing to change it. Tell me what you do, you're doing to bring that intensity. Don't just be like we need to bring it. Well, lie to me. L- lie. Uh, you almost tell me, me the Scott, team, you almost made me cuss on the air with that one. Tell me the team puppy got killed the night before the game. Give me some reason to believe that what I saw from the just a, a energy level aspect was an outlier. T- tell me the, the, the locker room was pissed. They were breaking stuff. We now owe Syracuse more money because we broke stuff in the locker room because we came out there and looked flat. And it's, no, we know we we know there was no intensity. We got that. Trust me, everyone knows it. You don't have to tell me about it. I don't need a minute of you tell me about that. I need a minute of you tell me how you're going to fix it. Now, he and Brian Brown both said that uh, you're going to be shocked by this. They were surprised the tackling wasn't better. Um, he was asked about that. This is Satterfield responding to now, I, got, I got this video. Again, 15 missed tackles, the third most of any team in college football in opening weekend. And this is a, a veteran group, especially at the linebacker position, that just was in position to make a lot of plays, didn't make a lot of plays. Here's Satterfield talking about that. He's got some of the... Uh issues that were on display against Syracuse seemed to be some issues that you guys had last year. Were you surprised by that at all with some after some of the changes you've made on staff? And I guess does that make you reevaluate? I'm not surprised. We did nothing to fix it. Yeah, I mean I was I was a bit surprised we didn't tackle better. Um I thought we were I thought we would have tackled better better on against these guys. Um you know again there was man there was times we had them in the backfield sacked. There was one time on the goal line probably would have tackled them on about the minus two he gets out of it and he scrambles for about 12 and gets a first down on their sideline to keep their drive alive. You know, we got two guys right there. I mean, good players. You know, Monty, Yaya, they're right there. And, um, you know, I was just disappointed that we didn't make those plays. And those guys are capable of making those plays. Uh, they've made them in the past. And, uh, you know, to come up short and not, not be able to get them down. And, um, you know, and again, we're, we're playing a guy that's faster this week. I mean, this is one of maybe the fastest quarterback we've ever played against. I mean, he can fly. 
and uh, he runs like a one of the, you know, like a skilled wide receiver that's playing quarterback. So, um, you know, we we've got to be able to to fit right and be where we're supposed to be, and you, and you better wrap up. You know, you you can't come in and shoulder hit. You have to wrap up if you want to bring these guys down. It just sounds so much like the middle of 2018 season. Probably. You know, what, you know what surprises me. What? What surprises me, Scott, is that you're actually surprised that we missed tackles. How are you surprised at this? You knew it was going to happen when you kept your, your your buddy at defensive coordinator. You knew this was inevitably going to be the result. Why are you shocked at it? I mean, it's like it's like the guy who gets surprised that the dog bit him because he's blown in his face. It's just the, it, it's the it's, same thing that we've heard time and time again. We got guys in position to make plays. They're just not making. Them. We got to wrap up. Got to finish the play. We're right there. We're so close. But I've been really impressed with the way that they put it behind him, the practice. And he always tries to turn the conversation to the next game. Like, we got John Reese Pumley coming in. He's even faster. He may be the fastest quarterback. Like, no, no, no. We, we got to figure out what the hell happened three days ago before we start focusing on. We think we know what's going to happen Friday night. We just don't, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> no, we're fully aware of what's going to happen Friday night. <laughs> Get our ass handed to us. <laughs> we can't even have fun with the Golden Knights thing this week on the radio because I'm so embarrassed it's just going to get like thrown in our face. And that was a, one of the most fun parts Honestly, of the radio I show don't, last I don't, week. Yeah, I don't actually want to piss them off anymore. I don't either. I mean, just I mean, we should be nice to them so at least they don't, they hold back on us and take a knee of twenty eight nothing. That was for you, Rutherford Show. John Reese Plumley just looks up, holds up an R. I don't even know you would make an R with your hands. <laughs> TK. He pull, he pulls that little side out of his out of his bike out of his jersey. Says TK can suck it. <laughs> Uh, the last clip that I wanted to play, this is actually Lance Taylor. Lance Taylor got asked. Uh, do, you, do we not have the Brian Brown saying the quotes that make me want to pull a little hair to the left out of my head? You can play them if you want. I mean, I don't even want to think about them, but I'll let you read them, play it, whatever. It just Brian yeah. Brown was at least, he was the only, I'll say this for him, he was the only person who like tried to do the whole, like, that's not going to happen again. He actually said at one point, believe me, I'm going to put the team on my back, which, you know, I mean... I know how you feel about that quote. At least he was trying to say something out there. What was the one where he passed the okay, – we'll get to that in a second. Let's play yeah. with Lance Taylor because Lance Taylor got asked, you know, it was not a good offensive performance. The team only scored seven points. Was there one thing that stood out to you that surprised you, that you thought you weren't going to see from this team that just kind of shocked you on Saturday night against Syracuse, and this is what he had to say? Our guys played um, hard. Um, I think we played physical. I think like Coach Sat just mentioned, we didn't always match their intensity and continue to keep that throughout the game. And I think that we just did not finish. I think we had too many self-inflicted wounds. When you look at it just from an overall standpoint, you know, offensively, we would make great drives. We would have opportunities, but we continued to shoot ourselves in the, in the foot and have self-inflicted uh, wounds penalties, sacks, and turnovers. Let, let me say this first. I think our guys have had an excellent offseason. I thought we had really great preparation leading up. Um, to Syracuse. I thought the focus was there. I thought there was great preparation. I just think sometimes in first games in college football, you have guys who haven't played a ton of football, and um, sometimes the environment can get to you in, in college football. You don't have those preseason games to, you know, uh, get yourself ready. And so the first time that you're going out there against somebody else other than yourself, it's live bullets, and it's real. And so it was a tough environment on, on Saturday night, but we have to do a better job. And I think that that's where you learn and you can grow from what happened. Look, just like in life, sometimes you you, you have to learn more from, from your losses, you know, and you do learn more from losses than you do from wins. So it's how do we grow and get better from this? I, I know he's got a bright future ahead of him. I know he's on all these, like, top 3,535 lists, and, and he's, people think he's going to be head coach one day. 
a lot of coach cliches fit, like fit into a one-minute span. I want you to play this other video that I just sent you to. It's I only, mean, if that was just improved in the offseason, yeah. if we had not improved, we're going to lose 31-nothing. I'm with you. Play the other clip. This is 20 seconds. This is him being asked specifically, okay, what was one thing, though, that you thought was going to happen that just did not? With this team, just something that you maybe thought would have happened that didn't with this team? Um, you know, I was really proud of the group. I thought that they fought for four quarters. They continued to stay engaged. I thought the sideline communication was excellent. Nobody turned it down. You know, we got down 10 points early. We responded with the touchdown. So I thought the response from the group was excellent. That's it. I mean, what response? Excellent to what? The adversity of being down 10 nothing. They scored a touchdown, so he thought it was great. Okay, that was great. And that's all they scored. I hate to tell you something, that was in the second quarter, buddy. How is there not more anger here? How is there not more, this isn't us? Like, I, we've watched this team all, and I just don't get how you can act like this is, you know, you're telling me that this is par for the course. That this is kind of what you expected. <laughs> yeah. You know, Satterfield came out and he said at the beginning of the, of the press conference today, we didn't play the clip, but he says, you know, you, just, you never know how a team's going to come out and play their first game, which is something that Lance Taylor sort of reiterated there. And Alex Cupper, we mentioned earlier, like I, I saw he respond on Twitter. He's like, did they not practice at all in August? Like, you've seen this team. You typically have some sort of idea of what you're going to get in week one based on the way that fall camp goes. And if they aren't surprised by what they saw from this team against Syracuse, then I mean, are we going to go 2-10? and 10? Are we going to go 3-9? and nine? What hope do we have of even flirting with a bowl game at that point if that's what we've got? I, I, I don't know what to do with these quotes. I, I'm not hearing anybody coming out besides Brian Brown, as I mentioned before, and saying, that ain't us. Like We know we're better than this. And I, I would expect some of the players to come out and say that after practice this week. But Satterfield, Satterfield and Taylor are basically like, yeah, you know, we surprised we didn't tackle better, but I, I love the way that we stayed. I love the way we communicated on the sidelines. I love. I thought our energy was good. I thought our we stayed optimistic. Like, uh, okay, is that all we've got? We we just got our ass kicked by Syracuse. How how is there? Flip a clipboard. Flip a table. Throw a chair. Do something. Give me give me something to believe that this is like making you upset. How am I more mad about this than you are? I got a bad ticker. I'm about to lose. I'm about to lose it on the air. <laughs> you, you, you and me both, buddy. I don't have much. T- Listen. I'm on. I'm on borrowed time here, everyone. I ain't got time to waste five years on Satterfield. You're killing the Rutherford show. Killing, I mean, slowly. I mean, the, this is your fault. Yeah, we don't have time to waste on this. Okay, that. we we need we, we let's get moving. I love want to tell what he mentioned. Also, he was didn't the the atmosphere in Syracuse like took us off. Like, it's Syracuse. Listen, I, I get it. It just sounded loud there. It was not. It's great. But really, if that's if that environment knocked you off your your game, we go to Clemson this year. We're screwed. We play. We are. I mean, how UCF should be louder than than Syracuse was. Virginia will be louder. Now maybe not. Yeah, I don't know that. Well, it's going to be weird because in the dome, the dome. opposed to the dome, yeah, that's the reason. But I mean, what a way to start off the new JM and wireless dome or whatever the hell they're calling it now. Was, has Carrier been the problem this whole time? What if Syracuse goes undefeated at home? I haven't mentioned this either. <sighs> We'll get to UCF obviously more as the week goes on. You know, oh, we are I now. Do we have to? I mean, we will. We okay. will. We are two and nine in our last eleven road games under Scott Satterfield. UCF has lost two home games the last five years combined. They lost two home games in twenty twenty. It's they've been they've been perfect at home every other year. Who are our two road wins? Uh, well, we beat Wake Forest that, that one in twenty nineteen. We keep yeah. going back to, and then I think we won. Didn't we win at Virginia once? Syracuse. 
No, we haven't. Well, we haven't played them. They, they wouldn't be in the last eleven. Yeah, because we haven't played Syracuse for like this is our first game there in like four years or whatever it was. I think since nineteen, no one's really played there. I think it was it Satterfield's first game in Syracuse. I think. I think you're right because I think he's, we've been yeah because of the way the schedule worked out of the goofiness. But like, we you're right on the Wake Forest because that was the shootout game. Right. I think. Or we, I wasn't even really a shootout technically. We was we nearly. Well, we won at FSU last year. Okay. Yeah. We won at FSU yeah. last year when we thought we were going to be good after we beat UCF, and then we had the the wake yeah. in the yeah, that game in Pitt, not Pitt, whoever else it was, it was bad. Oh, I don't know. I'm sad. I'm just sad, man. I'm just. I was so excited when the game started on, on Saturday night, which by the way, the kids just were not. The one night that like John hasn't has like refused to go to sleep in the last three months was this game. Like Mary comes out with him holding in his sleep sack, he just like smiles, goofy ass grin right at me, and I'm like John. Damn it. Like, this is the one thing that I'll, Virginia's, like, throwing her toys on me as I'm trying to watch the game. I'm still excited for this. I'm working the Bats game. They're getting no hit at this time. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Like, there being no hit. They're, 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 poor Nick and Jim Kelch are just, like, hoping to get this game going before the rain hits so there's no delay. The Bats, the Bats are down, like, six to nothing. They finally get a hit. Raindrops hit. They put, they, they call a rain delay in, like, the eighth inning at nine o'clock. An hour, for an hour, which then they just said screw it and threw their hands up. It was like, we're calling this game. It's over. There's no reason to be here anymore. Uh, which made everyone, <laughs> made everyone happy, at least at that point. But I just... Uh, yeah, it's just... Because we danced around this a little bit earlier, but I, I, I think... I all the coaches still brought around. It, it looked like Syracuse were hungrier than we were, played harder than we did. They all said the same thing, which is basically <laughs> Syracuse played harder than we did. Which And, and correct me on this, this, this one kind of bugs me here with this quote by Brian Brown. Maybe it's a misprint. It says, I wanted to start Key Trail at the nickel B spot because that's where Virginia hurt us last year. Is he passing the buck on somebody? Kind of feels like it. Is he trying to call off the Is he literally dogs? trying to pass the buck on somebody? You the, wanted to, that, That's what that says. It says, I wanted to. So you're telling me if we'd gone with your philosophy, we would have won the game, huh, coach? You're the defensive coordinator. We have to rotate more guys this week. I think we need to rotate coordinators more. Go on. I mean, I'm good with it. I, I couldn't even read it. I, I stopped reading quotes after the. I wanted to start. I was like, really? Just, I mean, you're you're, you're really gonna take. You're not really not even gonna take the blame for the fact that you suck at your job. I didn't see. I didn't even see that quote, but it does kind of. It, it sort of rings of like, well, Wesley McGriff wanted to do this. Or, yeah. or Scott Satterfield wanted to do it, or Keetrell Clark resisted. At some point, like it, it's your defense. Like you, You've been here for four years. I, I know you have a co-next to your name, but for all intents and purposes, you like Court Dennison was technically the co-defensive coordinator the last couple of years, but this is your defense. You are the guy when Scott Satterfield... Like, there's a reason why you're the one answering questions today and Wesley McGriff's not. That's like, a very good point. Like, you're, this is your squad. The buck stops with you. When the defense doesn't get it done, it's on your ass to fix it. I don't want to hear the, well, I wanted to do this, I want to do that. Do it. It's on I, I, hope it was, I, guess I hope that was a misprint or something, but I don't think it was. Do you want to hear a quick, uh, since we're up against the end of the, the, the break here, do you want to hear a quick non-Louisville fact that's going to make you happy? I want anything that's going to make me happy. I don't know if you saw that. I retweeted this earlier. Other than Arby's, which I'm getting after the show. Okay. I like that. <laughs> time to get thrown away. In the 12 years before King of the Hill started airing, which I was watching Swing of the Hill this weekend. You rewatched the whole series back, back a few months ago. Yeah, I did. One of your off-season projects. King of the Hill. In the 12 years before the King of the Hill started airing, Texas football was just 77-60-2 for a win percentage of 56.2%. In the 12 years since King of the Hill went off the air, 
Texas football has gone 83-71, and 71, winning percentage of 53.9%. During the 12-year run where King of the Hill was on the air, Texas football went 128-27 and 27 for a winning percentage of 82.6, and they won a national title. Clearly, King of the Hill is the only thing that made Texas football great again. That's it. Okay, well, that... Here's what sucks is there is actually a show based in Louisville, which is awful, and we sucked during its run. Well, it's not on the air anymore. No, it, it, got, it got renewed for another season. I thought it got canceled again. No, they actually renewed it for a fourth season. It's been on for four years? Yeah. With that, that cat show? Yes. The cat cafe it show? It starts again, yes. I, I thought it had been on one year and got canceled. That's what I said, and I, I was looking through shows starting what? up this year, and it, just, it, it got renewed for a fourth season starting this month. It, but it just start, It just debuted in 2021. How has it had three seasons? It's new seasons coming up in, in, in later this month. Jesus Christ! It's called Call Me Cat. Oh, it's a horrible. Have you watched it? I've seen. I've it makes me embarrassed clip. to be to, to tell people I'm from Louisville. Like to see that show. It's awful. It's a five point one on IMDb. That's insane. A lot. Like I watched like two minutes of it. And was like this is the worst thing. I like it, at least at least two broke girls gives me like you know reason to ogle some ogle the ladies. Okay. I'm just saying, I don't even get that with this show. Nothing against, you know, Blossom. I mean, it's not that bad, but. I don't know where to go from here. (laughs) Except to tell you about our friends over at First Bankers Trust. Make the first choice in wealth management with First Bankers Trust. Unlike Coach Brown, you can trust them. (laughs) You can always trust First Bankers Trust, even when your football team has a lack of trust, because they've got you covered, not just with investment management, but also comprehensive financial planning, trust and estate services, and so much more. First Bankers Trust, unlike Louisville football, they're going to put your trust first. Find out more by going to firstbankerstrust.com. We love our friends over at First Bankers Trust. My buddy just texted me and goes, this is its third season. No, the fact that it has a third season in general. It's, it's still the, shocking. Whether it's second or third, it made it past one year. So well, That wouldn't be more in line, too, because this is our third straight bad year in football. They're tanking. So we, we need to get Cat off the air. Get Call Me Cat off the air. Can someone get a Fox executive on the phone right now? Hashtag cancel Cat. <laughs> cat. Get Scat. Cat out of here. We'll take a break. We'll Scat. come back. Hour number three, we'll rehash some of this talk, and then we'll we'll try to get to some of the, I think, 1,356 messages on the Thornton Sex line. We'll do the best we can. We've got an hour left here at event. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. You can go your own way. I don't like your perfect crime How you laugh when you lie You said the gun was mine Isn't cool, no I don't like you But I got smarter, I got harder in the nick of time Now I've got to ask How did you find this song? Because I know you don't just like know this song by heart Did you like just Google search songs about not liking people? Well, no, because <laughs> actually I did know this song. You did? I remember when it came out, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I was like, okay, I want songs about like like breakups and, and dumping someone. And if Moving you're making, yeah. Yeah, and who does it better than Taylor Swift? Yeah, there's a second I mean, Taylor Swift song you've done she's got like six albums about breaking up and the guy, you know. At some point, I just want to be like, you got to have a new life experience, sweetheart. I mean, how, there's like the first four albums of her career are... How the boy mistreated her and he didn't love her and she he 
you know, she dumped him or he dumped her. It's like, dude, buy a dog or something. It's a some blazing point. 2009 hot take there from you. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well done. <laughs> the so, bad bad so. blood started off on the right note. That was a perfect use for the after the first segment. It was nice. Because basically, like, that song is saying, you made it awkward. You, yeah. didn't, you didn't have to, which is what we've been saying the entire last eight months and how I led the show off today. And now we're here going like, look, this is look what you're making us do. Look, look what you've done to us. I mean, you're just, it's not cool at all, man. Didn't have to be this way. I said it to start the show. I, I, I'll say it to start the five o'clock This hour. is my last Taylor Swift, though. I went with two, sorry. Do I... Was I not clear enough? Do I blame my? Yeah, you know, I feel like a, <laughs> a disappointed parent. You have to look inward a little bit. Like, could could I have voiced the message any less straightforward? Would that have been more effective? Because look, <laughs> we've done the trope. We, we we did it for eight straight months. We told Scott exactly what he could not do. Yeah, and what it was like he went and then he did it tenfold. We didn't say like don't get blown out by Syracuse. We said you can't lose. You know, you, you can't lose. You can win by three points. Nobody's going to be thrilled, but you just cannot lose this game. Just don't lose the game. And then he goes and he loses it by 24. It's like the kid that you no tell. Life. You, know, you tell the kid, you know, don't, you can't smoke cigarettes. And so they just go and shoot up heroin. Like, well, <laughs> you really can't do that. We thought that went without saying. We were trying to. We didn't, way, we didn't even rubbing, know that I was on I'm the table. I think I'm rubbing off on you in analogies, by the way. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying it's like we didn't even know that possibility was on the table. Where did you even get that? Who are you hanging out with? Did you find the heroin? We need some serious help now, more than we thought. So we thought cigarettes were an issue. <laughs> Clearly, we should have been better parents. And you start blaming yourself a little bit. That's kind of where I am right think now. Think of a better way to, to just sum up that game right there. We begged you just not to smoke cigarettes. And what you did, you came home with a needle in you your arm. You came over with a needle in your arm. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um, I, I mean... W- I'm not going to totally just like redo the the monologue from the beginning of the show. Like, I mean, you're pissed. I'm pissed. Everybody's pissed. We know. We know how we feel. <laughs> it's just so damn disappointing to spend. I don't think it cheer me up as our own anger. Well, <laughs> here's the, the 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 biggest issue for me outside of just like the lack of hope that we have moving forward with the season. I think which you can you can help that a little bit by beating UCF, but it's not going it's not going to fix things the way that last year's. UCF win temporarily fix things because no. if you go down there and you beat a what should be a pretty good UCF team and you play with great energy level and the offense is, is out there making plays, the defense is flying around, Malik Cunningham looks fantastic yeah, I'm going to be more happy than if they go down there and they get their brains beat in, but I'm also going to be even more pissed about the Syracuse game than I am right now because why? It becomes even less of an excuse for coming out and laying an egg on opening week, and now if you win three or four games in a row, then yeah, we're, we're going to be back on board, plus, but that's a big ask at this point. Plus at that point, you're just talking about Band-Aids on broken arms. I mean, you're just teasing us because we know you're not going to beat it consistently. We, we, I mean, there's no way. If you, if sure you, doesn't feel like it. And if you do think that, then you're just, I mean, I don't know to tell you, you're just, uh, you're just naive. I mean, they, they've done nothing in four years to show you that he, can, he will consistently keep this team playing well. He'll, get, he'll give you a flat. He's the one that cheats on you and then brings you flowers and you're like, oh, okay, you know what? You brought me flowers. And by the time you come out of the Why kitchen... Why do they stay, Trevor? And then, Why do they stay? I mean, hell, by the time we come out of the kitchen with the flowers in the vase, he's already he's already banging your sister. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. In the living room, on the counter. People don't change. We And they're like, can you move over so I can put the flowers there, honey? After the Air Force game, we came on the radio, and the, the mood was similar to what we have right now. And my big thing was, 
he now has, I guess not after the Air Force game, but after the decision was made to keep Scott Satterfield and the, the Jeff Brom flirtation, you know, Jeff got ghosted and all that happened. My thing was, he's got an eight-month span ahead of him that is unwinnable. You can't win the fan base now. Back, You can't bring them back from the place where they are after this loss to UK and after this bowl game loss to, to Air Force. Now, I didn't know that having the best recruiting class in the history of the program was on the table, that getting guys like Ruben Owens and Pierce Clarkson and all these other guys was possible. And the last eight months have been such an unexpected, pleasant surprise. Like, watching the Ruben Owens highlights, I don't know if you saw what he did Friday night. The, the guy looks unbelievable. He's the I guy do, that you yeah. dream about bringing into your program. Yeah. And in order to keep dreaming those dreams of not just having these kids playing in the red and black, but also being able to do something magical with them, flirt with the playoff, take them to the playoff when it expands in a, in a few years, or go to a New Year's Six game, start beating Kentucky with regularity again, be right there with Clemson in the Atlantic Division. In order for that to happen, you have to at least be good with the team that you have right now, and we looked anything but good on Saturday. And it just caused them to doubt all that stuff, all the things that made us happy for the last eight months, the allure of potentially a better season this year where they make those few plays and they go from a 5 and 7 6 and 6 team to an 8 and 4 9 and 3 team because they made the one or two plays they weren't able to make in 2020 or 2021 and then the you know who we could be 3 or 4 years down the line when we get this recruiting class in as sophomores juniors and seniors all of it just gets just just crapped on because you went up to Syracuse and you couldn't even be competitive with the team that's picked to finish last in your own division and that you have owned since you joined the AC the one team that you've joined that you've owned since joining the ACC in 2014, you couldn't even stay within shouting distance of them. It, you crapped on the whole thing. The one thing that you could not do, you did, and now here we are, and people are pissed, deservedly so, because not just do we have, lack hope for the next three months, we're, kind of, we're now in very uncertain waters for the whole program moving forward. If this is going to wind up being a 4-8 and eight season, you cannot keep this staff, and then that means you're probably not going to keep that recruiting class. So maybe not all of them, but I mean, probably not. I would say it probably falls apart, and then you're starting from scratch. But if you go five and seven, you keep them because you know you got to have the the Jimmys and the Joes outweigh the X's and the O's, and whatever argument you're going to make. What faith do you have in his ability to to do anything with that talent? None. What, are we going to talk ourselves into that again next offseason, only to to lose by forty to whoever we schedule next year first? Eku, like. like what are we doing here? Do we play KU next year? First? No, I don't know who we play first. Because I mean, I feel like it's the only way we're going to win. No offense to KU. We need to start playing those teams again. We, we, I'm sorry, we got to start winning. I mean, the only, the only when winning we have, football games is fun. What, what, Get those FCS teams that suck back on our schedule. I mean, even, I mean, four out of five. The only win was Western. What are you talking about? And season as we mentioned, we lost four out of five openers. The only win was Western, and we didn't look very good in that game. No, either. no, we looked horrible. And Western, I mean, I don't even know if we beat Western this weekend. Uh, next year, our first, I think, our second game is against Murray State. So that's good. But we don't know who the first game is against. It's going to be another conference game. So that'll be fun. I mean, yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. Then we play Indiana in Indianapolis. But you know what? Three. You know what? I, that, that's fine. You know what? I am confident because hopefully we'll have a different coach at that point. It could be Notre Dame, actually. Notre Dame's on the schedule. There's been no date announced for that. Ooh, game. Jeff Brom's debut against Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the athletic? Did They dove fully deep into that storyline. Uh, Matt Fortuna, who writes for The Athletic now, used to write for ESPN. Win. He had biggest storylines from week one in college football. And number three was keep an eye on Louisville and Purdue. Really? He had this whole Did thing about, that? you know. And I like hearing the national voices talk about Scott Satterfield because when you hear the voices from the ACC media coverage, it's all overly sympathetic for Satterfield. Like you hear people, they're all just like, he shouldn't have taken that job. He just, it's such a mess down there. 
Oh. Oh, he hasn't helped. They listen to rap music down there. They, they, they've got a culture. You know, they're, you know, they have the strippers. They, you know, sometimes they have sex. Like, they, it's, it's just it's not a godly place. So Scott Satterfield should have just stayed at App or taken a better job. He's better than them. I'm like, no, you don't get to do that. You don't, you don't get to do the Louisville job is actually the problem. They hired Bobby Petrino twice. I don't have sex in Boone, Camp, Boone North Carolina. No, they're pure. <laughs> the storks are busy down there. <laughs> That's how it works. But they, they do. But national people will look at this objectively, and say, you know, Scott Satterfield, for whatever reason, it's just it's not working. And Matt Fortuna wrote this. He said, you know, the, you know, keep an eye on Louisville. The fan base still, you know, wants Jeff Brom to an extent. I think there's there's some pushback there from some people. Brom would help himself a lot if he had a, a yeah, good season. The this ones year. that aren't pushing for Brom are still just still pushing to get Sat out, though. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the there's there's no, there's no longer like a, a, yeah. a consensus like swap Scott for Brom. It's just like get Scott out by any means, and whoever else is going to come in fine. I, I mean, half the fan base wants Brom, but the, all the fan base wants someone else regardless. And he did make the point that you know Purdue let Penn State off the hook in the opener. But that's not exactly the same as being blown up by Syracuse. And Thank in you. two weeks from now, Purdue will play Syracuse. It's so that a, would be at, is that, at Syracuse. Oh God, if he goes up there and wins and we're 0-3. We, we're 0-3 and he goes up there and beats them like 38-0 or something, which that, I don't think he'll do. But. The talk will, will, will be ratcheted up a couple of notches. Um, it, it's a conversation that's just going it, to – it's not going to die until it does. And that's going to be never. Like even if we hire somebody else, if we fire Satterfield this year and hire somebody else – like there's still going to be people five years down the line being like, bring Jeff back, bring Jeff in, or if this guy's killing it and he wants to take another job, Jeff could be the next guy. He can keep the ball rolling. Like it's it's just, it's not going to die um, no. until it actually happens. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. As I mentioned, I mean we've got we're not going to get to all of these, but I, I love you guys for for texting in. You know, it's we're all on the same page. We're, we're all we're all true fans. We're all hurt. We all want the best for the program. We hurt so much because we care so much. So we'll read your text now. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texas, watching Louisville football for me has become hoping the other team's offense messes up because our defense can't stop anyone and hoping the other team's defense messes up because our offense can't score. That's a good way to look at things. Way to be positive. I'm trying to think of what – because – are we as hope? Are we starting to feel as hopeless as we did in the last season of Craig Thorpe? Because we went into that season like nobody expected him to save his job. We all thought it was over. Like right, we we're like he kept his job for one more year, but there was no reason for optimism. Louisville, at least like nationally, the over under was set above six wins. Most people expected this Louisville team to win to do at least be a bowl team. There's some UVL fans that have said they can win eight nine games. Like I, I still feel like we're not there yet, but we're starting to feel as hopeless as we did. Kind of like in that middle there portion. Have been. Of the there shouldn't have been any hope going. I mean, I, I think the recruiting over the recruiting over the off season, and just the fact that I mean, offensively, I mean, this team has been productive, but it's just limited. And the fact is that you can't make mistakes, and when you have a less than average quarterback under center, which is what we do, it, it, it this offense doesn't it, it you can't you can't overcome that. And the fact that, and then, then, then you pair that with the fact the defense just blows. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know it was possible to suck and blow at the same time, but they found a way. They're not good. I mean, it's just no. There shouldn't have been any, 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 any positives going into the season, thinking we were going to get six wins or seven wins, was just giant, just, just having hope. 
We were ha- we were Andy Dufresne having hope, but that wasn't. But instead, Louisville we fans. should have been Brooks. But that wasn't Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm saying, like everybody nationally thought Louisville in Craig Thorpe's last year was going to be like a four and eight team, and they were. Vegas set the over under at five and a half originally for this Louisville team. It moved it up to six and a half when the bets came in. Most people nationally think Louisville's was going to be a seven and five team. Some people said six and six. Some people said eight and four. But there was no like besides Dan Mullen, who apparently prophetic. Besides Dan Mullen, there was nobody who was like, this team is just going to suck out loud. So it feels a little bit different than the Crackthorpe era. The other big difference is those those first two Crackthorpe teams, the first one, you know, they were outscoring everybody. The second one, when they lost, they lost bad. Louisville, outside of the UK and Ole Miss games, under Steve under Scott Satterfield, has been competitive. Like I said, you've talked yourself into the whole, like, well, play here, play there. They just can't make that one play. The difference between Monday's Saturday night's game that was so different than what we've experienced in other conference games is we just got our asses kicked by a team that we were supposed to beat. Like, that's that's new. When we've been in these games where the point spread is like four to five in either direction, they've almost always been like one possession games or games where we've had a lead in the fourth quarter and had a chance to win. We were never in this one. And I think that's what has every Louisville fan just so, one, pissed off, and two, so down about the entire season. If they can't be competitive with Syracuse, then how are we even going to have a chance to make those one or two plays? Like Jason Riley from WDRB tweeted, he's like, well, I guess we finally solved our problem of not being able to make uh, one or two plays in a, in a one-score game. <laughs> Just get blown out by the Syracuse of the world. I mean, when the Syracuse the, the game, when we going in the offseason, we talked about there was three games that you don't expect to win, three games you expect to win, yes, yes. and the rest are, are toss-ups. And if we can go 50-50 in the toss-ups, which is the definition of a toss-up anyway, then we could get six wins. Right. Well, Syracuse was one of those games we should win, right? You think you thought that was the most winnable ACC game? we got our ass kicked. Not even close. Where so, do we go from here? Yeah, I mean, what, did anybody know what James Madison did this weekend? Oh, they look good. They blew out Middle Tennessee State. You're kidding me. Like, hammered them. Their first FBS game. They're going to beat us. They, I mean, hell. If the team is like, if, we're, if we have like one or two wins that late in the season, they may have quit by the, you know. They're going to beat us. Early November. We're going to lose to James Madison. James Madison, the final score was 44 to 7. They beat Middle Tennessee. I mean, can we, can we, I mean, we're going to lose James Madison. You know, Quincy Adams is going to kick our butt. I mean, it doesn't matter. Get Grover Cleveland out here. Grover Cleveland. We can't, we can't even beat W. Why do you have to make it weird? <laughs> Texas, my game notes uh, when I was writing this in real time. One, Syracuse's players are dropping like flies and committing penalties every other play, and we still suck. Two, our wide receivers seem more comfortable in the pocket. Three, God has forsaken us. I mean, the fact that all those penalties still beat us so badly. Just, just 18 the, penalties. I mean, that's that just, just a slap in the face. Texas, it's a cheesy expression, but it just fits with how I feel about U of Athletics. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I well, do th- feeling cheesy, coach. <laughs> I do think there's some... Help it. <laughs> I think there's some like sort of accumulation factor here where it's it's not just about this one game. It's about how mediocre to below mediocre we've been in both football and men's basketball since the I mean really since like the second basketball scandal started in late 2017. Like we're waiting for something to it felt like the good times were going to roll. Remember how mad we were about like the 2017 defense with Lamar Jackson just not being good enough and us only winning 8 games? Like, we'd kill for those days again. The 2017 basketball team, they were a 2C, but they got beat in the second round. We'd kill to just be in the tournament at this point. That's sad. Who knew, like, that? What, like we had no idea the ton of bricks that we were about to get hit with repeatedly. And it's not just one time. It's over and over and over again. 
I mean, we haven't won. We haven't won ten games in football since Charlie Strong left. Even with Lamar, even with a Heisman Trophy winner and all that talent that we had in Petrino 2.0 those first few years, we never got to ten wins. We've won one NCAA tournament game since our Elite Eight trip in 2015. We still, as good as we've been in the other sports, we still haven't quote unquote got over the hump and won a national title in women's basketball or baseball. Volleyball team got beaten the Final Four, and don't get me wrong, that was a magical run. But when it comes down to is men's basketball and football that you know carry the flag for just about every major college program have been not just not good enough, but have been so repeatedly disappointing and so just you know letting us down with every change that we thought was going to bring us back to the glory days or get us in the right direction. And the issue right now is there's no guarantee, there's no tangible piece of evidence that we're headed in the right direction with either program. Kenny Payne coming around is, don't get me wrong, you give him the benefit of the doubt, but let's be real, like the recruiting, the transfer stuff didn't go as well as we wanted it to during the offseason. We don't have commitments from DJ Wagner and all these 2023 kids that we thought we might. That could still happen. We can give that time. But in this moment right now, there's no guarantee that we're going to get out from underneath this rock in either football or men's basketball. And I think that adds to the, the frustration and the anger that every U of L fan is feeling right now. Well, at least with a new basketball coach, you have you can you can have whether you consider it blind or not optimism that there will be some turnaround in basketball. Sure, sure, sure. In football, there is none. Not we're right just now. looking at another year of just of tapping out. I mean, God, it feels like it. it you're reading all those stats. I mean, good lord. I mean. COVID can screw it. There's a reason for depression and mental health right there is the fact that Louisville hadn't done crap in eight years. Yeah. Texas, hey, Mike, very disappointed with the team's performance against Syracuse. Is it just me, or does this feel eerily similar to the final offseason of the Chris Mack tenure, bringing a coordinator in the offseason to supposedly help with the offense, losing to opponents we rarely do, like DePaul, uh, not much emotion from the team, as you mentioned earlier, deja vu all over again? No, because I'll give Mack, Mack, despite whether he wants you or not, at least fired his, his, his assistance. Satterfield didn't even do that. He just brought in guys to like hang out with them, I guess. It, Show them what to do, maybe. It does feel like I feel like a lot of the things that we've said on today's show reminded me of the way that we talked in November about last year's basketball team. You know, like how can you not play with more energy? Like, I mean, well, that's true. Yeah, remember Mike Begees? But he had the, the the viral clip of him being like. You, you guys have Louisville across your bleeping chest, and you're getting outplayed by Navy. You're getting outplayed by, you know, Furman. You're getting outplayed like, like all yeah. these people. Are, they, they want it more than you do. What's going on? And we definitely spotted that before the wheels fully fell off in December. You and I definitely talked about that on November show. Now, you can make the case that the wheels have already fallen off here because you lose 31-7 to 7 to Syracuse. It's not like a lackluster performance against uh, you know, Detroit Mercy in basketball. It's a, it's a big thing that you have to face head on. But the complaints are the same. We had all offseason to right the wrongs of last year. The things that were bad last year looked just as bad, if not worse, on Saturday. And the things that were good last year were non-existent. The effort level was atrocious. You, you got outplayed, out-energied, out-everything by Syracuse, for of all teams. And your coaching staff doesn't seem to be particularly pissed about that. It's The vibe does feel a little bit similar. Texas, if, we, if we'd gotten blown out by somebody other than Syracuse, would we still be this depressed? No, we'd be pissed. But, it, I mean... We were. I was thinking about how, like, the show after you were gone. I did the show after the Ole Miss game last yeah. year by myself, and it was. I, I was just as mad. I was ranting just as much. We ended up losing that game by fewer points on a neutral field to a top twenty-five Ole Miss team than we lost to old to Syracuse, a team that is you know in everybody's like bottom ten rankings. Yeah, I was gonna say at least in in. in I know I was. Some were more optimistic than I was. I had no expectations of winning that Ole Miss game, but. Like, but that was the case. Like, you didn't go in expecting to win that game. Right. 
I mean, I guess some maybe we were ten point underdogs. Some possibly did. If you did, and you're you know kind of a butt slapper fan, that's fine. You know, be my guest. You're how you're finding a way to butt slap now is is I, I'd love to know because no way it's not. Yeah, there's, I mean that's, that's a miracle in its own way, but I mean, that, but yeah, this game was no. No one expected us to. Yeah, we weren't supposed to lose. I mean, we were the, the line was going up on a daily basis. It was up to six by the time we almost got to kickoff. Everybody thought the same thing we did, which is, you know, Syracuse bringing back pretty much everybody from last year's team, which was not good, that we blew out. We got a lot of the same guys back. What's different? Well, no, they realized they needed a new offense, and they were willing to pull the trigger, unlike us, on defense. And they were like, hey, what if we just tried hard? And it worked, because we didn't. We just tried uh, hard. <laughs> Sean Moth texted and asked if I was like, I'm waiting for some sort of fan or media member to blame uh, a team's performance on NIL. Oh, it happened. Oh, somebody, you're serious. Oh, it happened Saturday night. I, I mean, my mentions on Twitter, I, I didn't look, read every one of them for my own, you know, welfare. I, I just, I couldn't do it. All my, all my mentions or all my tags were, I don't read mentions, but everybody tagged me was just like, we're sorry we didn't listen to you about Brian Brown. Brian Brown, Brian Brown yeah. I'm like, no, no it's okay. I knew I was yelling at the clouds. It's all right. I I knew you would come around eventually. I just got mad that some people who I I think, again, don't listen to the show were acting like I was not as mad as they were. Like, you radio people got us all fired. I'm like, listen to the damn show. (laughs) But there were a lot. I did see a couple people that were like, if these kids were more worried about their playing time than their NIL stuff. And I was like, oh, God. We're not doing that. I mean, if you're going to be mad about nil and the players, be mad that they're actually actually getting nil. They're giving them jets, Trev. they're flying the jets all over city when they should be getting no. ready for game tape. We're giving them jets. The problem is, is we're not going to give them the parachute when we get up there. It's actually says Scott Satterfield certainly didn't coach like a guy whose AD supposedly resigned because your school president didn't let them fire you. I still don't know if that's true. I cannot neither confirm nor deny that story, which has been out there for a long which time. Which part about him begging to keep his job? No, the the, the you know the AD said he resigned because the president because he wanted to get fired. I don't no. think that's I don't think that's what happened. No, yeah. Um, I think he just, I think he got on his knees and begged. And I don't he, think that's what happened. He got, he got to give him one more shot and Vince, but been, been, been still thinking. Regardless of how it played out, the man has to know that he is in a situation where if he just tanks this year, he's going to lose his job or there's a strong chance of him losing his job and how he comes. I mean, he jumped from number 26 to number 10 on the coach's hot seat rankings, that website. And again, an unofficial deal, but still it's, it's not for nothing. He has to know that the fan base has been telling him for the last two years, it's not good enough. What you've done is not, you have a losing overall record through three full seasons. Your only successful year was the first year immediately following Bobby Petrino. And you can make the case as you have many times that it was because he had some guys that Petrino recruited. All. (laughs) He's got to know that this year has to be better. And to come out and do that in week one, it certainly doesn't communicate that he feels any sort of sense of urgency. If he does, whether or not he does, I got no idea. But <laughs> the press conference today did not back that up either. He didn't look like a guy who feels like he's coaching for his job. Uh, Texas says year four, nothing has changed. Buy set, time for someone else to give it a try. I keep going back to this, and I, I, I said at the beginning of the show, we've all—if you've listened to this—you've been a Louisville football fan for at least a couple of decades. There might be some teenagers listening. God love you if you are. Um, there has never been a point in We're hip with the kids. Whether you're you're in your seventies, your eighties, your forties, your thirties, whatever, there has never been a point in your lifetime as a Louisville football fan where the fan base has just been okay with consistent losing after four years of a head coaching tenure. Scott Satterfield has a losing overall record through three full seasons and has now started year four with a lopsided loss to what was presumably one of the worst teams on his schedule. I don't care about the recruiting classes. I don't care about the changing the culture of the past regime. It's simply not good enough. 
When Ron Cooper, who had at least what what one winning season, when he wasn't yeah. getting it done through three years, we said no. Boom, gone. When Steve Cragthorpe, who was 500 in his first year, and then five and seven, four and eight was getting progressively worse, we said no. Boom, gone. By the way, even his last year, four and eight. I mean, it wasn't like he was getting destroyed. I mean, he he he, he hung. I mean, we we lost Kentucky by four. That was the start of the season. Which yeah, he, he he could have that Trent guy if he holds onto the ball. I but he, a, but even like I think stuff. our biggest blowout that year was like Rutgers, I think, or maybe Cincinnati. I think we maybe. got blown out a few times. Yeah, but not as. Was, but at least the Cincinnati and Rutgers, they were good teams those years. Yeah, it, it was bad. They're not Syracuse. The fact of the matter is, my point is this. it's We've never been in a position where this has just been accepted. The last time that we lost, had three consecutive losing seasons as, as a program was between 1979 and 87. And you know what our response was at that point? Maybe we should just drop the sport entirely. Maybe this just isn't working. It's not. I, I don't care that we're in the ACC now. I don't care that the strength of schedule has gone up. It's not good enough. And all this talk about what he needs to do to hang around with the recruiting class, the firing the coordinators, the scheme, it all boils down to at some point this dude has got to win more football games. And he didn't do it on Saturday. And not only that, he gave us a pretty strong piece of evidence that he's not going to be able to do it at a high enough level this year. And I'll say this now, this is, I think, the fourth time. I told you I was going to say it a bunch this year. <laughs> I hope I get proven wrong. Yeah, well... I hope that this is just winds up being one of those head scratching deals where, man, we did not the way we played in week one was totally not indicative of the way we were going to play the rest of the year. If you look at history, and I did this last year after the old miss game, that rarely happens. More times than not, who you are in the first game of the season at least is a semi-accurate sign of who you're going to be for the rest of the year. And who we looked like in week one was a team that's going to struggle to win four games, let alone six. Hope I'm wrong. But it's you can't just look at things through all this, well, but there's this factor, there's this factor, there's that factor. At the end of the day, it comes down to wins and losses. He's got more losses than wins, and it doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. Tell me I'm wrong. I wish I could. Texas, any word on Maverick Rowan? <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Texas, you know what? I blame Telfair for our football team being too bad because if the basketball stuff doesn't happen, Tom is still here and he wouldn't have hired Satterfield. All the way to the top. It always goes all the way to the top. And when I say the top, I mean Brooklyn, New York, and Sebastian Telfair. He tanked the whole damn program. Well, Tom have had a hard. But are you thinking Tom would ever hired Satterfield? Nobody would have hired Jeff Brown. Well, I mean, that, yeah. Well, <laughs> my question is: Would Brown even taking the job if Tom offered him? I think that's the issue. That's, yeah, that's 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 the question for another day. I don't even know if he would have. I can't say I, I wouldn't say if Tom would have hired. Him. I've got no idea. Who but I can say right now he wouldn't have. He wouldn't. We wouldn't have Satterfield this year. He would not have. This year would not be Satterfield's year if it was still Tom. I feel like that's probably right. he would have pulled the trigger last year into the last season. Texas, says, I bought in the hype. Malik is a good quarterback, and Saturday showed me that I was wrong. I do not think he is good despite his stats. Also, Scott is going to waste the talents of Tyon Evans. He looked pretty good on Saturday behind a dismal O line, and now he isn't going to come close to winning the Heisman because Scott is a bleepy coach. Oh, he's still winning the Heisman. <laughs> Still may win the highest. I mean, Evans did look good. I mean, I like. I mean, Evans was. We got a guy that can be a thousand yard back. Didn't Paul Horning win it uh, on like a three win Notre Dame team? And something like that. Yeah. yeah. We have a history of Louisvillians. Some some may say that's because they didn't want to give it to Jim Brown, but you know. Well, whatever. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to give it to Bryce Young two years in a row. So Tyon, he's still going to win it, even if we go two and ten. He's winning it. Texas, I know starting over again would suck. Yes, it would. But the Beefo Brady season and the 2019 season had a lot of good vibes and hope. I wouldn't hate having another one of those seasons instead of whatever lies I had. The problem is, like, you know, we've done that song and dance before where 
you've gotten you've been excited to just be in a bowl game in John L's first year. You were thrilled to play in the Beef O'Brady's Bowl in Charlie's first year. We were pumped to play in the Music City Bowl in Scott's first year. And that enthusiasm always comes with the follow-up of saying, I'm very, very happy this was a great experience. I hope we never do it again in the you know, near future. Because you want to be off to bigger and better things after that sort of small first step. And we never got to those bigger and better things, or we haven't yet with Scott Satterfield. If you start over, like I don't know if you like feel the same way. If you go seven and five next year with a new guy, and he goes, and you go to the whatever the the Cheez It Bowl or the Duke's Mayo Mayonnaise Bowl, um, just because it feels like I mean, we're not used to going this long without a team that is at least undef- like undeniably good, and we haven't had a good football team. I think since I mean 2017, I know I just said that they were eight and four, but I don't know if that team was even good. They gave a billion points. But that's the last time you could even make an argument. 2019, they overachieved. It was still a seven and five team. Like the lowering of the bar just 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 terrifies me. And I know I wrote about it last week and I talked about it on the radio show, but it certainly feels like we're headed in that right direction. Yeah. The last ten years have been uh, utter nightmare. Well, we, 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 had, we had a Heisman. Mm-hmm. And also, ten, you, you can't say 10 years because 10 years ago was the 20 we had Sugar Bowl season. The year after that, we went 12 and 1. I'm going post pro. I'm going, well, I'm thinking 23. I guess we're, I'm thinking 23, 13. The, the I'd last say more like of, the last five. Well, last five, definitely. Yeah. I mean, last five have been post the Heisman season. Things have been into that. It all changed when we lost that damn game to UK. I mean, the last five has been, I'm being rings at the end of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Texas says saved him. <laughs> Texas, the depressing thing is there is only pain until at least December. Losses and decommitments until coach, coaching carousel starts after Thanksgiving to hopefully get excited on rumors. That's the way it feels right now. And I'm I mean, time number five. I hope we're all wrong about that. But it certainly feels we should have like a little ticker on here that says there, don't you say it. Keep track. Tick tick. <laughs> we all hope we're wrong. Number six. <laughs> It certainly it just doesn't feel like we're going to be. It didn't feel like we were going to be at the end of last year when we were like, I don't know if we keep this guy, that things are going to change after the UK game. And we all wanted to be wrong then. We it doesn't look like we are so far. And that's the most depressing thing about right now. It's not just about getting hammered by Syracuse, as embarrassing as that is in and of itself. It's about the lack of of hope that we're you can't even dream big things when you've lost thirty one to seven to Syracuse. Because it doesn't like none of that feels possible. The winning on Friday doesn't feel possible. Of all, there many things hurt on Saturday. What may have hurt the most was, and not to, and I know it was a pipe dream, but the dream of us reenacting the scene from Ghost was killed immediately in week one. We didn't even get up. We didn't even get to. We didn't even get to talk about it after week. Is one. that the problem there? Did, did they? Did that get? Did the players catch wind of that and want to nip it in the butt right off the bat and be like, "No, that can't happen. We're we're gonna go eleven and one, but we're losing this first game." I mean, obviously, we. we I hope so. We were trying. To, we had yet to decide who was going to be Demi and who was going to be Patrick, but. The fact is, well, we, I already said the physics of the matter. I was going to have to be Demi. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> physics. It's the way it works. <laughs> but now, yeah, now I mean, but no, that's okay. Just take, just take that dream away from me. Takes it. I mean, I'm amazed. every time I open like two tags, like we have like seven more. We're not. We're still. We're, I think we have like sixty five that we haven't opened yet. We're Are we not, still in the three o'clock hour of text messages? Four, early four. Early four. I'm so, I mean, I'm sorry. I knew it was going to be big, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's what she said. I would say I'd respond to them, but I, I mean, there's really nothing I have. Everything I've probably said is, would be considered a response to most of the texts. Sure. sure. Uh, text says, one of my favorite things to do is go to away games. I've been fortunate enough to attend two to three every single season, but I just don't know if my sanity can take it this year. I knew multiple people who were at the Syracuse game, like with the team that, that you know, they, 
they're those types of people that they they don't go on family vacations. They save up all their money to just do like U of L stuff, like it's which is a I think a, a very cool thing to do. Yeah. And they're like, you know, we do this like this texture said two or three times a year. I don't really know if I want to now. Like, you know, it's cool to see the campuses and stuff. But what fun is it when the main event that you're building this whole weekend around, you feel confident is going to be just a massive letdown. It just it's. It sucks to have this right off the bat. I mean, the only positive I would say is if we played at South Florida, that would be a positive because that's a game we you could win and you could go down there in uh, Tampa. Tampa, yeah. Was we do play there. To start. I was going to say Tallahassee, but that's... that's, yeah, that's uh, we that's know two years from now, now, that's our first game of the season. I think it's on August 31st. We play at USO. And Tampa's a fun place to go to. It is. I like clear, I've been to Clearwater. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tickers Satterfield uh, said Malik missed the handoff on fourth down in the goal line. He's a six-year player. He hasn't figured that out yet. One, I hate that play call. I don't, we always do it in the goal line. It feels like, I feel like it rarely works. Two, we ran it twice in that series of four plays. And either time, if Malik just hands the ball to tie on, he strolls into the end zone. It did feel like, and I've already said this before, I would love to be wrong about this again, but I felt like Malik was stat hunting at the beginning of the game. Like, you know, he knows. I see that, yeah. He knows the numbers. Like, he wants to be the one to score the touchdown. He wants to get in Mikel Jones's face. And it cost us. But he's not that good. He's not good enough to do that. And listen, I mean, like, Cunningham's not the worst quarterback out there. There are probably teams that would actually like to have Malik, and it's sure. fine. And as I said earlier in the show, I mean, if you want to be a, a, a bowl team, probably, or at least a consistent a team that can be a threat to win games with Malik quarterback, you probably got to go to the MAC. Or, you know, well, go- I mean, he's been to two bowls here in three years as starter, so that doesn't really hold up. Did you see what we did in the bowl game last year? We, we were a bowl That's team. great. We can beat Duke. I'm just That's saying, awesome. I'm just saying what you said is not true. If you want to be a bowl team with Malik at quarterback, you have to go to the MAC. I tell you what, you you keep Malik. I take somebody different. We'll see who's happier in a year. I, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying your point does not stand. He's been to a bowl game two or three years of starting. Quarter. Yeah, well, guess what? The ACC is about as good as the MAC has in the last couple. Of years. That was another thing that it sucked about <laughs> over the weekend. As you're looking at these games, you're watching these teams play, and I'm like, I don't think these ACC teams are looking all that good. If we can just be a little bit better than we were last year, we may have something here. And then you go out and you lose by 24 to Syracuse. Yeah. I tell you what, we're not going to take our last break. Because no, that's we, fine. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's 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 people should be mad. Tish says, "Good news, Trez isn't going to prison for weed and just signed with the Sixers for multiple years." Oh, did he get off the weed charge? They did. They knocked it down to like a whatever it was, like a missed. He's on probation. Good. That was a news from a couple weeks ago, which I uh, I did love. Well, they that were I, trying to give him like a distribution charge or something. They they, they took that off. Which yeah, I love how the NBA is like all these NBA social media accounts are like. Look, Draymond Green's got a joint bar at his wedding. Oh, this is the coolest thing. Look at the size of these joints. And they're like, Montrez Harrell should be in jail. I'm oh. like, it's the same bleep. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? That's no, what happens when one's in California and the other's in Kentucky. Ridiculous. I mean, that's... He announced today that he's changing his number back to five. Was he 24, right? 24, back in the day. Yeah. yeah. He signed with, who did he sign with this offseason? The Sixers, just now, today. Oh, he did just now? Okay. Yeah. He's leaving Charlotte. Uh, he's back in his hometown for at least half a season, or his home state. Now he's going to Philadelphia. Well, that's... Well, I mean, now I know. Now I know why you need all that weed. Yeah. I'd, want, I'd have to be hot too if I had to deal with Doc Rivers, who's the most overrated coach in NBA history. There's this rumor is that Syracuse had our playbook. Wow, one right. He's joking. You know what our playbook was? <laughs> our playbook is Tecmo Bowl. Our playbook is watch the tape from the last three years we're, and see everything that we're going to do. We again. are literally super Tecmo Bowl playbook. There's three runs, three passes. That's what it is. Yeah. Texas, you know, I'm willing to say it's just one game as long as the team comes out with fire and passion at UCF. But if I'm honest, Malik Wars frustration a lot for a six-year guy with NFL hopes. NFL hopes. <laughs> That's funny. 
That was a good one. Texas really was so excited to have football back. It was great games leading up to ours this the week and was completely deflated by the end of our game. Didn't even want to watch the Sunday or Monday games. Being bad really sucks. It does. Wow. Like I had so much fun watching the games on Saturday. I was excited to talk about UNC App State. I was excited to talk about I would have been excited to talk about the crazy LSU Florida State stuff. And then when we go out and play the way it did, it just it's like losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament, whether it's Thursday or Friday. Yeah. You just feel like, you know, like you it's just not as fun to watch the rest of the, the madness unfold. I mean, it was still, I mean, at least our game was later on Saturday. We were able to enjoy the early Saturday stuff. That's what I'm saying. It was great before, and then afterwards, I was like, I don't want to think about college football anymore. I didn't forget to watch a lot of the Haas State game. I watched more of the Florida game myself. Clemson didn't look great last night. I mean, God, dude. I'm, they're done. What a horrible pass. It's over. <laughs> DJ Uyungle, not gonna. I told you that freshman's going to be starting. Did he get or something? No, they brought the freshman in at the end when of the game. When they were blowing him when out. When they were okay, up, that's I what I thought. But I'm telling you right now, he's. That kid is starting against us when we play them in October or November. Because I didn't watch any of the last night's Clemson game. I just, I, I, I be honest with you, I kind of forgot it was on. I mean, it's I, I watched the LSU game. I was flipping between that and the uh, and AEW's pay per view, but I mean, I just, yeah, I'd forgotten all about the Georgia Tech game. Texas coach Deion Sanders, make it happen. Why is everybody talking about Deion Sanders? They blew out A and M. I think I watched some of their game on Saturday. Well, what A and M? Florida A and M? Yeah, yeah. You can't just say A and M. That's true. Yeah, I mean. Everybody just keeps, I guess because they think Dion can keep the class together. I mean. I don't know how I feel about it. I thought Dion was going to Florida State when they fired Novell. Norrell, whatever his name is. Well, now they're winning, so who knows. Well, they got one win. Texas is set, made it weird as bleep, and then the press conference, he doubled down on the weirdness. He did, He made it even more weird. I didn't think it was possible. It's like going on the first date and like bringing up politics in the first five minutes. You're like, well, that's kind of weird. And then like. Three minutes later, just bringing in religion. You're like, well, now you just made it even more weird. Didn't think it was possible. <laughs> Hi, you so and so. I'm so and so. So, what are your thoughts on abortion? Where were you on January 6th? <laughs> well, <laughs> didn't think we were getting into it. Were you at church? Well, well, now it's even weirder. <laughs> Tigger says, we're, since we're really great at creating random job positions as a university, can we create the fan pulse activist spot for Trevor just so he can be the ears of all these coaches and apparently don't know football as much as us schlubs? <laughs> uh, sure. Why not? Associate AD. Assistant to the assistant AD. Texas says, will Trevor eat a salad if Louisville football gets to seven wins? Well, I don't have to make that. We're not going to get seven wins. Might as, well, might as well say you will because Satterfield isn't getting this team yeah, seven wins. Yeah, I was going to say you might as well. Yeah. Guys, that where we are already. It's amazing. <laughs> We've gone from like seven and five would be okay. Like we'll accept that. To like there's the, no way we're getting seven. The seven win salad. <laughs> God, Texas, we are past the point of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result from both an offensive and defensive coaching standpoint, as well as fan expectations. Heard will have to make a move if things continue. Man, poor Josh. Josh gets this job in the middle of the Chris Mack stuff. Like he's he's the interim head coach overseeing something that has never happened in the long and storied history of Louisville men's basketball. He has to do that. He's got a coaching search where everybody wants him to hire Kenny Payne, and he's not sure if he's like, you know, he wants to do his due diligence. And then now he's like, okay, it'll be smooth sailing if football can just have an okay season. That's all I need. And they come out right off the bat, and they're like, nope, fireball right in your face. Boom. Poor Josh. <laughs> Poor Josh. Texas, I think, set cost himself a lot of money on Saturday. If he started the season 4-1 and one or 5-0, and oh, he more than likely would have gotten a pretty good size extension. We talked about that. I, I totally agree. They might have, yeah. If they had started the season like 6-1, and one, knowing that the schedule was a little bit backloaded, I think Josh would have said, let's lock this guy down now. The fan base will appreciate it. We'll probably be in the top 25 if we're 6-1. and one. It's the right time to make that happen. Jimmy Sexton probably would have pushed for it. And now that's, I mean, not going to happen. You also were concerned. I love the... 
coaching carousel article that was on ESPN Insider right before the start of the season that in one paragraph talked about Scott Satterfield needing to win enough to keep his job at Louisville. And then in the next paragraph said, if Satterfield has a good enough season, he'd be a attractive candidate for North Carolina if they fire Mac Brown. So he's costing himself not just the chance to stay, stick around at Louisville for a while, but also one of those coveted Carolina jobs that he seems to want so much. I mean, unless they're, if they're okay with the way that he played defense in, in Chapel Hill over the weekend, then they'll, they'll be okay with Satterfield. Yeah. Coach Brown's like, I'll go there. Indiana Larry texted in at 357 and just said, what happened? I don't know if Larry doesn't know that we lost to Syracuse or, or what, but he's confused. Hey, Indiana Larry. They won. Who's Illinois? They showed heart. <laughs> they they showed intensity. They didn't give up. Texas says, do you think first year stat was actually due to Dwayne Ledford? Ooh. Well, Ledford was also here for year two. Oh yeah. I can tell you this: the the Satterfield flirtation with South Carolina, the dalliance with South Carolina, is I, I don't I don't mind to say this on the radio. It's one hundred percent the reason why Dwayne Ledford left. He was pissed off. A couple other coaches did the same thing. Ledford was the most notable. He was pissed off that he was not kept in the loop, didn't know it was happening, and when he found out about it, was furious. He wanted to get – he was a finalist for a head coaching job somewhere. I can't remember where it was. But even when he didn't get that, he was like, I'm taking any other job. And he bolted for the NFL for that the gig that he has now. Like He was your best assistant. He was your most trusted guy. He was big in recruiting. The coaching the offensive uh, linemen seemed to love him. And he left because you didn't, as the kids say, keep it 100 with him. And now he's gone. I mean, you know how badly I wish we had just had college football in the video game system out right now. Why? Because I, I can just as a distraction. Well, yeah, because I can you know fire sat and have global winning. Oh, you just want to, is it sort of a therapeutic thing? Yeah, I don't. Ha- I haven't had that the entire time we haven't had. I mean, this whole entire stretch that's one of the worst things. Is I haven't even had the game football game to to go and like correct everything. Like when the Eagles suck, I can go play Madden and be good with this. Texas, did you know that Syracuse's quarterback was a pilot? Yeah, I heard it somewhere. The joke in any way? Or? Yeah, they, they beat that tip into the ground. It's like the old, uh, you know, Larry O'Bannon went to the same high school as Daryl Griffith. Stephon LaForce is the only hearing member of his family. I, the announcers, they showed, the announcers were going in and in, in, one out the other the entire game. They showed clips of him flying. His, 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 his mom was a pilot. His dad was a pilot. His grandpa was a fighter pilot in World War II. Like, all this stuff. Yeah, they do. Every Syracuse game, they say it. Good for him. Yeah, good for you, Garrett. You want cookie. Suck it. Texas says, get a mic after the last two games last year. That team shouldn't have been flat at all. They got the strength coach fired because they looked like rag dolls against UK. And they looked like rag dolls against Syracuse, to be honest. It looked a lot like like those U- it looked like the first half of the last two UK games where they've just been beaten at the point of contact. They let the offensive players come to them when they're on defense. They can't I mean, we just looked smaller and slower. And how is that possible against I mean, Syracuse? I mean, since we beat Duke we the last three games have been just us showing absolutely zero life whatsoever. Look, you don't want to see us against Duke though. You don't want to see us against Duke. No, do we put we don't play Duke this year, do we? No, unfortunately not. Damn it. We don't play them again for a while. Good news for Duke. <laughs> Bad news for Cunningham. You don't want to see us in Durham. Texas losing is acceptable to this coaching staff, and that is unacceptable and the biggest problem. It certainly feels like it. And again, I hope that that's not true behind closed doors, number eight. But every indication that they give when they come out and they talk in these situations, these these post-game press conferences, makes it seem like they're just like not as mad as we are. No, they seem they seem content. They're, you know, I was surprised we didn't tackle better. You know, I love the way the guys play, played hard. We got another tough test uh, this week. Crowd was big for Syracuse. I'm sure the UCF crowd will be big too. Blah 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 blah. It's the same bleep every week, and it drives me crazy. Get pissed off. Throw something. Get a flag in the middle of a game one time. Get in somebody's face. Like, 
show us you care. Show us you want to be the head coach of Louisville. Fire your defensive coordinator. I mean, <laughs> threaten to fire the defensive coordinator. At least, at least yeah. <laughs> Texas, I was at the game. We looked two times bigger at most positions, and then we still got manhandled. The sideline had no emotion. Absolutely mind-blown at the lack of energy. Huge plumage of weed smoking coming out of the Louisville entrance could explain the lack of energy. I don't think I don't think Satterfield's letting the boys smoke in the locker room. They should. Maybe it would help. Maybe they should try it. Get a little THC in them. I mean, what what's what's he gonna what are they gonna do? What's gonna happen if we let them let, let them get baked? We're gonna lose by twenty four to Syracuse. We did that sober. At what point do you cut Sat and Brown loose to see what Lance Taylor and Griff can do with the offense and defense? Well, they've been here for one game. I mean, so. think uh, a year ago today. Texas, the way Lance is able to put a spin on reality, forget being a football coach, he'd make a great White House press secretary. <laughs> Texas, you're killing independent Rutherford. Like, that, that's a good line for when I was doing the independent thing. Uh, Texas, like y'all said, they're talking like Cuse was bleeping the swamp or the horseshoe. It's the bleeping carrier dome. Yeah, they didn't even sell out, did they? No, they never sell out. I mean, but it was still. But the, the I play, get that it's loud. It's louder than it should be in there because of the dome aspect. Remember, well, it contains it. Yes, remember I remember Petrino got got so much crap his first year here, first year back here in 2014 from Clemson fans because he was like, you know, they're like, how do you prepare for Death Valley? It's your first time coaching there, and he was like, you know, Syracuse is very loud. I can't imagine it's going to be louder there because of the dome. And Clemson fans went nuts with that because obviously they have more fans of their games and they're louder per decibel. But his Bobby's point was. The dome effect makes that noise reverberate and all that stuff, but they never have like gigantic crowds. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to to understand physics. If you have a roof, it contains the noise. If it's an open air stadium, they just go straight up. Is our lack of a dome the big problem with the football program? We already enclosed the stadium. Do we need a dome now? Adidas dome. (laughs) (laughs) One stripe game, one stripe dome. Oh, that's that's the other thing. I'm not even worried about what the play like. The, don't, if you're not going to show up, it hurts the players. I'm worried. I'm, I feel bad for because we Michael Bush deserves a sellout for his retirement game. He ain't getting it, and he sure as hell ain't going to get it. And I feel that's who I feel bad for the most. Texas says um, they have the top 25 college basketball media. Can people just show up list. at halftime and then leave? Trevor should have made this list. Oh. What, what list did that make? I'm sorry. There's a, no, there's a list of the top 25 college basketball media personalities. Oh, why didn't I make the list? I don't know. You should have. Texas, I thought we would tackle better. I thought we would match their intensity. And there's a drive by Castellanos, 4 nothing Reds. Folks, I don't know if I'm ever going to coach again. <laughs> Texas, I wish they would let fans coach after an embarrassment. <laughs> the movie Eddie. <laughs> Texas, oh, damn, starting a show called King of the Ville is all we need to do then. Someone crowdsource this now. Oh, it doesn't hurt. That's why I, had, that was, I think the show came out here at the same time they hired Mac, right? Yeah. How did you feel? Because I've seen that a couple of texts now. We have this is one thing that we haven't addressed. How did you feel about going for it, the touchdown on that series where we ended up getting stopped and not taking the points? Uh, I felt like it showed desperation. I kind of did. But six, but that was again that was the same drive that had the Braden Smith pass. My friends were all texting. They were like, besides me and uh, podcast driver Danny, they're like, yeah, go for it. I love it. I love it. Before the play happened, I was like, yeah, take the points. No, take the points. Yeah, take the points. I mean. Two things, when you don't do that, I'm stuttering because you've got me so angry right now. But, like, okay, so if you're going for it right at that point, you're either telling me, A, you have no faith in your kicking game, which is sad because it's a freaking extra point. B, or B, you just, you're just you desperate and you don't think that you're going to be able to get down there again, which is how you pulled out a special play to even get that. I mean, 
Look what you made me do. There was do. no good. Look what you made me do. There was no good that came out of Saturday night. Besides maybe Tyon Evans. That was it. When your wide when your wide receiver is throwing for a third of as many yards as your starting quarterback <laughs> in one attempt. Oh man. Texas says, um Who's basketball starting in? November eighth. It's got NFL coming up. Kenny. We're going to need you to be Bellerman, man. Come on, Nick Sirianni. I don't even want to do this again now because the two times that I've done this little thing where I've said this one thing repeatedly, re- repeatedly over and over, the first was Chris Mack make the tournament in 2021 when I was doing do the podcast every show when like they were not playing well and everybody was like, oh, we're definitely going to make the tournament. I'm like, yeah. And then two, Scott, the, the Syracuse thing. And everybody who would get mad at me about this was like, if we're that worried about Syracuse, we've got a bigger problem. I'm like, well, I'm that worried about Syracuse. What do you want me to say? It's why I keep doing this thing. And both times... The one thing that I've said cannot happen has happened. And in basketball, we know how it worked out there. Explosion. In football, we're seeing the start of an explosion right now. Texas, keep the breakup anthems coming. I had to dump my cheating ex, and it's helping me resist the urge to text her. <laughs> don't, don't text her. Don't text her. Don't text her. You're already in one abusive relationship right now. Yeah, don't, don't need another. That's too many. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Syracuse gets to play Connecticut next week. They get to go 2-0. Uh, <laughs> where I came from. Texas, what are your thoughts on Tony Vanity's tweet calling out the Louisville media? Isn't he part of Louisville media? Yeah. He says, Tony said, be mad Louisville media on Monday when they ask the dumbest questions. It's the reason I got out of sports radio. Louisville deserves better. What, like, ask them questions to Scott? I guess the press conference. I, thought, I mean, from what I heard, like, I thought the questions were fine today. I mean, you can't really... The questions are obvious. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't like, I mean, there wasn't any way to give a cupcake to a, in that press conference. Now, the answers were pretty moronic, but yeah. the questions were pretty basic. Terry says, good news. Scott's new house is finally almost finished being built. Bad news. Scott's getting fired. How's that house coming? I hope it's on, hope it's on wheels. That was the most annoying. I, I did not do a good job at hiding how much it annoyed me back in January when they kept talking about that damn house. He's building a house here. He's, he's not looking to go anywhere else. His kid's moved here. He's going to school. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Win football games. I don't care about your damn house. Get the kid out of school. <laughs> Texture says, Trevor's laugh today has made me feel marginally better. Mike's reference to Occam's Razor has impressed me. The show is aging well in year two. I'm a huge fan. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. At least something's getting better with age. Yeah. Texture says, if Mal- <laughs> can't read that. Oh, can't wait. What would you start to say? Yeah. <laughs> Texter says, uh, should we give Evan Conley a shot to start the game against UCF just to see if it's a jolt of energy? He's I feel like up. he's not even the backup quarterback yeah. right now. Brock. Brock. How ready are you, Brock? Brock. What if Brock came in and just lit it up? Oh, man. What if he just lit it the hell up? Just became like an NFL caliber quarterback. I mean, it's not to sound mean, but could he do much worse? Yes. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Really? Because, I mean, he can do worse. What, is he going to turn the ball over four times? Well, because <laughs> Malik had three of them. I'm not sure he can throw for 155 yards. He had three. Texas Hope is the heroine of college football, and you fellas have been hooked up to the tap the entire offseason. Eh, not really. I mean, I've been on, yeah, I've been, I mean, we both picked seven and five seasons, which now does look wildly optimistic, but at the time was not like, you know, was not a gigantic leap of faith. Now I'm hoping for three wins. He might not even make it awkward. Like he might not even make it weird. We may get to a point where it's like it's so bad we can't 
you know, we, we don't care if we lose the recruits. This can't continue. Like that, that's on the table now. I didn't think it was possible. I thought at the worst we'd be like five and seven, maybe four and eight, but they'd be competitive. I, I never, if you want to talk about buying the Kool Aid in terms of like not thinking that we could get blown out by Syracuse, yeah, absolutely. I didn't think a blowout loss to Syracuse was even remotely possible. And yet here we are. Texas, why, what I can't get past is have we ever been the tougher, more physical team under SAT? No, and I've said this for four years now. When we go up against teams that are kind of punch you in the mouth, want to bully you, we always look like we're the little kid. Whether it was Miami a couple of years ago, UK every time we play them, um, certainly Ole Miss last year. Definitely, I mean, against bleeping Syracuse is the last time I'm going to say that, thankfully, because the show's almost over. We always look like we just wither. Like we're just, we're not ready to play a big boy sport. And I I keep saying it needs to change. We keep saying it needs to change. Everybody in the fan base keeps saying it needs to change. It's year four, fourth year. The time for patience has come and gone. If it ain't happening now, it's not going to happen. Texas love the show, guys. Thank you. Texas says, Ty Ray's a fraud. <laughs> Texas says, no, but seriously, Trevor, where the hell can I watch King of the Hill? You watched it all. Where is it? It's on Hulu? Hulu. They got all 12 seasons on Hulu. It's great. The one I watched the other night was where he bought crack and thought it was uh, uh, fish bait. That's how we felt. <laughs> I mean, that's, it was like... <laughs> Texas says, Kenny, don't make this awkward. Kenny, yeah, I told you that on Saturday. I was like, come on. Texas says, Brian Brown talking about tackling and it's the hot dog guy meme from I Think You Should Leave, which, by the way, congrats to Tim, uh, my guy, Tim Anderson. What, what, not, uh, Tim Anderson, the White Sox player? I was going to say Tim Anderson. Um, Tim Robinson from I Think You Should Leave, my favorite sketch show on Netflix. Love it. Reference it all the time. Some... Emmy Award winner now over the weekend. The one good thing that happened. Props to him. We're all trying to find the guy who did this. I don't even know what to say. we, we got to get in the show. We, I mean, just it was Tim Robbins. Tim Robinson. Love him. Oh, not yeah. Tim Robbins. I like Tim Robbins too. I like Tim Robbins. Not so much Tim Anderson. I'm fine with Tim Anderson. They don't bother me. He's, an, he's entertaining. <laughs> I keep thinking like I'm like oh tomorrow's show will be better we'll pick ourselves up we're probably not going to nah, this nah. conversation will probably continue for another day we'll probably have more things to say and then Thursday and Friday we'll try to get ready for UCF but man this was just it was a little bit therapeutic to talk about it but I, I'd be lying if I said I feel better than I did three hours ago it's nice to know that we're all on the same page though if nothing else why misery loves company why can't Satterfield at least come out like CM Punk in a press conference just do it did you see the CM Punk press conference the last minute I got here I heard about it just, just cursing and throwing people under the bus left and right, and then laughed. Then punched the guy, right? Then he, then he left and got into a fight with the EVPs. Now is this a work or is it just no? This, this is all this real. Is, he's he's an egotistical kind of DB, and okay, it's ticking people off, and they're they're doing the press conference, and you can see security coming running out of the press, like across the camera angle, because they had to be broken up in the fight. Okay, a chair was thrown. Well, at like, least that's is, entertaining, and that's happening. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there you go. My, my wrestling world's falling apart. My football team sucks. Find something in your life that's better than Louisville. Cling on to it. Hold on to it tight tonight. Everybody have a fantastic Tuesday night. We're back tomorrow for better or worse. Three o'clock right here on 1450 The Big X. Again, have a great Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> what you say?